I've had it with celebrities just having like the exact costumes from whatever it is that they're doing. Like you got like there's not what is creative about just like being able to actually buy the real Britney Spears outfit or Marilyn Monroe outfit or the actual outfit that Uma Thurman wore. Like why are people so uncreative and like I'm sorry. All right, should we start? Let's start. Well, Busy, I'm in my kitchen, and I hope that it's not too disturbing um, that I'm doing the podcast from my kitchen, which isn't the most soundproof place in the house. But my next-door neighbors are getting a new roof, and the neighbors behind me are also simultaneously getting a new roof. Tis the season. Tis the season for a new roof. And, like, I don't know, our bu- the neighbors behind us, that's where Fudgy, the dog, lives, uh, who, you know, Fudgy I've talked about before. I don't know what's happening with their roof, but the neighbors next to us did talk to us about getting their roof done, like they informed us, because they're good neighbors. But, bless their heart, they told us, they were like, it's going to take two days, and... uh God love them. It's it's been over a week. It's been seven days a week, twenty four seven. They're working in on what, that roof. In what world does anyone think that they're getting a new roof in two days? Um, we at the townhouse, the family home here in yeah. New York City, there is construction on either side of us as well. Yeah, that's. I, but this is like new. This is new. So the our one neighbor who has, like, the twinning house of ours. Okay. Like, they're, like, you know, like, in New York, like, how townhouses, they yeah, build the same them. They're, like, exactly builder, the same it, yeah. houses. They're built in the, like, 1800s, you know? Yeah. But that's just a single-family house. But she's doing, like, all of this maintenance work, So, but they had to fully, fully put up scaffolding. Right. Which is so annoying. Um, And that's going to be three weeks. And then the other side, it's... uh. It was a townhouse that's like been converted into different apartments. And then there was like additions onto it. Yeah. But you know, it's so weird in New York. It's because you share walls, basically. Well, that's what I was going to say is that. It's so nuts. And because everything in New York is like hard surfaces, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Because it's all brick in between the houses. It's all brick. They have to get into the brick to like do whatever they need to do. So it's Like, like, it feels like. They're com- they're going to break through your wall. It's really disconcerting. It's weird. One hundred percent. One time I had a meeting <laughs> with Regis Philbin, and it was at his apartment, and um, there were more than one apartments in the building that were being that had construction going on. It was so noisy. It sounded like literally like someone was jackhammering between me and Regis Philbin, and he. He was out of his mind mad about it, which made me laugh. I think he was like, oh, Howard Stern's getting his apartment worked on. Someone oh else my is God. getting it. I was like, oh, my God. I, don't, I have no idea if it was true, whatever, but it was just so funny to me. And I was also, like, kind of struck by the fact that, like, even if you live in a fancy apartment, even if you're Regis Philbin, someone's going to jackhammer next door. There's no avoiding it in New York City. Um, I feel like we have a lot 
to discuss. We have so much to discuss. It's been another oh. another week of just like what I now? know. I've just yeah. Um, first of all, I have strep throat. No, how did you get strep throat? Who gave that to you? Just fucking assholes in this city. I don't know. I oh. literally have no idea how I got it. That's the worst. I'm so sorry. I know. I know. I just started the antibiotics. So, so you'll feel I'll start better to feel soon, better. But... I don't feel great right now. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, <clears throat> but you know me. I'm like a baby. I get yeah. strep throat like a fucking baby. Strep throat is also, I feel like, it's like the limited holiday edition of illnesses. I feel like my son Eli used to get strep throat on every holiday. I think I always got strep throat for every event. So I oh, feel yeah, like that's interesting. It's, it's your Halloween. The truth is though I didn't go out this weekend. I didn't have any plans. I didn't do anything. Birdie came back for her fall break. Um yeah. There's just been a lot, like, it's been a lot of stuff happening, like, personally, I think. And then Saturday night, like, finding out about Matt Perry was really hard for me and also Mark and a lot of our really close friends. Um, because like I, we've known him for a really, really long time and yeah. been friends with him. Um, I worked with him on the Odd Couple TV show and like Birdie's godmother dated him for a really long time. And it was just like very, um, I don't know, the whole, it was just hard. It just felt, it was so sad. It was just, it feels so weird. And my friend Lindsay Sloan, was really close with Maddie like for 20 years and she wrote a really beautiful thing on her Instagram. Yeah. If anybody feels that, you know, like, and I know he meant obviously like, as you know, I, it's like when I started working with Courtney, you know, like right. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Monica. But also like Courtney is, it's complicated, you know, like I have the frame of reference for both things, like both being a, a fan and then being a friend and then, you know, yeah, I, it just was, I just, that was really sad. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Everything feels like unbelievably impossible. <laughs> I'm laughing and crying at the same time. I'm not laughing because anything's funny. I'm laughing because it's just like, what fucking next is going to happen? Like, you know, all of the like insane anti-Semitic shit that's happening. I'm like, what are we supposed to do anymore? With anything, like, it just feels like everything's off the fucking rails, you know? I know I'm not in the best place right this second, but... I think that everything feels very off the rails, but also, at the same time, I also kind of feel like it's the same as it's 
ever been. And I'm not not to say that there isn't like an uptick in anti-Semitism or that like learning of the death of someone that you know uh isn't isn't shocking and terrible and tragic. I just think it's like I think that we're in a period where people are emboldened to do this shit that they yeah. have been doing and been feeling, you know, but we're just aware of it because we're in this moment. And the same thing with like losing someone, you know, losing someone who's, you know, been very important and very much in front of us and, um, you know, just struggled very publicly and was honest about that and just someone who's always been there. It's like, it's like how you go through those seasons in your life where you're like, oh, this is the wedding season where like all of my friends are like, or like the job season. Do you remember like a time in your life when it, everyone your age in your peer group, they were all getting jobs and like getting their first apartments and you really felt that. And then there was like the wedding season where it seemed like, you know, everybody has like two years where they go to weddings all summer long. And, you know, and I just feel like for me, I feel like I'm in this season of, of death, of death, like Grief. where people that I know or have like, been in contact with people my age are dying and then also everyone's parents are dying which is that's wild to even and it sounds so callous I know I know and then because of social media we know so much more about the details of everything and then yeah and then everybody who has like bad instinct they're empowered also probably by what they see online and you know and we're seeing what they're doing online because we have this window into like everyone's behavior it's a lot it's a lot it's also just like the i don't know just the fucking <laughs> sorry it just went on the citizen app there's literally like the apartment building Next door, there's a, fire, a possible fire. <laughs> just, just a fire. Eighty nine, eighty nine feet away. So, okay, all Great. right, that's cool. That's cool. You know my theory about the Citizen app. I feel like the Citizen, the Citizen app has like precognition and and says things before they before they happen. Remember that Kyle Chandler show, Early Edition. I loved it. That's yeah, what that's I heard. <laughs> That's what I think the Citizen app is. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I I'm sorry you no, lost I know. someone that, you know. I, I'm, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's the, the, uh, you know, grief is just starting to feel like a cumulative event. And yes. it's just starting to feel like, like I was not, I, you, I am in no <laughs> I was in no way like super close friends with Maddie, but like definitely in our friend group in our extended friend group. And he was around for so many years and like with, I mean like in our friend group, like sure. at parties and like 
my birthday party, Mark's birthday party. You know what I mean? Like that kind of vibe, right? Like, and, and so many people that I love, like loved him so dearly, you know, and we're really close with him. And we all loved him as fans and we were all rooting for him. I know. I know that we were. And, and also just like, yeah, I just feel like the world events and, and the fucking messiness of social media in this moment and like the pain that all of my like Jewish friends are going through. And then like, and the imagery is like nonstop. Like people won't like, it's just people feel compelled to post the most horrific fucking things. And I don't know if like, I actually just don't think it's helpful. I actually don't think it's fucking helpful at all. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we, we, I think we can't know, you know what I mean? Because we've never been in this place before where we've had access to this imagery in the way that we have. Immediately. Immediately. But like the rhetoric is, is spinning the thing up. I've been trying to like change the way I'm like talking to myself about things, you know, even that, like, just like, because I, I do believe, I mean, I do believe in that, you know, that I think that we can get really weighted down by ideas that we have. Right. Okay. Like for, okay. This is totally off the subject of like global catastrophe and death. Okay. I'm going to talk about dating. Okay. It's not helpful for me to like say like, you know what? I always am like just mostly attracted to unavailable men. Like emotionally. Right. Actually. Whatever. Yeah, physically. Like in a different place. In a different, right. You know? It's not, that's not helpful. That's not helpful for me to say it. Because I do feel like it's a little bit like those things become like self-fulfilling prophecies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I realized like, that's not true. I'm not only attracted, I'm not attracted to just unavailable men. You know what I mean? That's just not true. Right. I need to stop fucking even having that be a thing that I think, let alone say out loud to anyone. You know, I don't think it's a it's a bad example. I think that, and I think this might also be tied to our lives on social media. We have been mediaizing ourselves, if that makes sense. And no, media that's totally a hundred makes so much fucking sense. Yes, mediaizing each other. So, like, you shouldn't even be making like almost like a journalistic observation about yourself that then becomes like it's almost the same as like in a political race you know where they're like you know whatever you want to say about joe biden the overarching story in the media right now is joe biden's too old to be the president well the other front runner that's running against him for the other party is just as old you know what I mean? So what are we even talking about? But that's all anyone's going to repeat. And so that's the main message that everybody is like internalizing right now. And so it's that we do the same things to ourselves where we make these like proclamations about ourselves 
however much they're based in they're based in truth or or not or just like a perception or just like it feels like it's true, you know. But it's like these weird these weird things that I remember like <laughs> my parents used to fight a lot, right? And like the things that they fought about always had themes, right? And I remember my dad being like, I guess I'm an idiot. I'm always the idiot. I always, you know, and it's like, like, but that would only happen when they had like an extreme blow up. You know what I mean? But could you imagine if my dad just went around, if he had just gone around being like, hey, I'm Mike. I just think you should know that for the most part, I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, like it's part of his like talking points about himself, you know? And, and that's what I feel like we're all doing to ourselves and to each other. I mean, listen, I'm not Jewish. I'm not Muslim. I've never been to Israel or Palestine. I know what everyone else knows about the situation from the information that we've been given. I'm not a historian. I'm not a representative of any of these communities. I'm not a journalist. I'm I'm just like a fucking joke writer girl. Obviously, I stand with my Jewish friends. Obviously, I stand with my Palestinian friends. They all have families, families, literal families who are being affected by what's happening. I support the innocent people who are stuck in this very impossible situation. It's very difficult and it's a very nuanced conversation. But when we're all talking in slogans and... and Yes. Infographics. Know, infographics and just very pointed statements. It's really impossible to discuss the nuance. And then somebody's going to put it back in my face. And rightfully so. All of the things that I said earlier, I'm not a historian. I'm not Jewish. I'm not Israeli. I'm not Palestinian. I'm not Muslim. I'm a white woman. So, of course, I have limited knowledge. I only know what I know from the same things, the same information that everyone has seen. But what I do know is that I've seen some pretty horrific images. So I get it. I get the, I get the absolutism and I get the anger. I have been doing what I know how to do while also, you know, sort of doing what it is I'm supposed to do, which is like, I think giving people an ear if they need to talk mm -hmm. and also keeping people company and also providing a little bit of an escape from the horrors, the literal horrors of every day where like maybe you just need to talk about dating or your neighbors well, but right, but or that's whatever. Also like, but this is also like the whole thing about life, man. Yeah. Like life continues in ways big and small. Right. While also huge atrocities and horrors persist. And that is not a thing that's new at all. Right. How are you all doing? That's what I'm always... This is when I wish it wasn't a podcast and I wish it was a phone call. Because yeah, I, I really want to check... I want to check in with how you are all doing. Yeah. 
Because you, you know I'm not doing great. <laughs> <laughs> That's cl- That much is clear. Oh. This weekend was so fucking hard. And then, of course, I got fucking strep throat. Well, it's it's not a... It's not a big surprise to, you know, when you're just, you know, the harder life is, the more likely you are to get strep throat in the middle of it, you know? Yeah, I do. I do know. I do know that. I do know that. It's been rough. I used to get strep throat so often so frequently like I said like every holiday it was like my grandmother had a heart attack on every holiday I (laughs) I'm sorry Casey what I am not kidding and one time it was my fault because it wasn't my fault it was the medicine we talked about this on this podcast this is a different heart attack Jesus Christ one time I think it was it must have been Easter. It, like my Nana was all stressed out because she was like making Easter dinner. It might have been Easter. It might have been Thanksgiving. I cannot remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my grandmother was like cooking for extended family that was coming to our house, which was always stressful because the house was just too small to even have anyone in anyway. So I don't know why we were hosting, but we were. Uh, and... She was all stressed out and like we were about to sit down to dinner and someone arrived, my aunt maybe arrived with flowers for my grandmother. And um, my grandmother said, "Get told me, get a vase to put these flowers in. And all the chairs were already taken because um, I would usually like push a chair up to the cabinet to get a vase out, but they were already taken. So I just like hoisted myself up on the countertop and reached up into a high cabinet to get a vase and like, I couldn't see what I, I was just grabbing at a vase. And I grabbed a vase and there was another vase inside it that like knocked against the side of the vase and like knocked a chunk out of the vase that I was trying to. And so that part fell down and cut my arm. And my grandmother screamed, my vase! And I was like, I am actually bleeding. <laughs> like I'm injured, but yes, your vase is also harmed. And then she had a heart attack two seconds later and then we all had to go to the emergency room and I had to get stitches while my grandmother got her heart attack tended to. But that was like a typical holiday heart attack. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at my Nana, my poor Nana having a heart attack every holiday, but she legitimately did. She just need, did. Like, did she just need a pacemaker? Is that, you know what I mean? Probably, probably. I don't fucking know. But that lady had a bad heart and holidays stressed her the fuck out. And I apparently stressed her out. And we spent an entire Thanksgiving and or Easter in the emergency room getting our various uh, injuries tended to. I mean, it's... It's weird how much I still love holidays, though. You know what I mean? Like, considering everything. But I guess I got on the subject by saying that I got strep throat every holiday. I did. Eli got strep throat every holiday. You never got your tonsils out, though. I did get my tonsils out when I worked for Dave, actually. Have I talked about this? I guess not. Yeah, I got my... you ha- no, you have, actually, now that you say it. But wait, should I get my tonsils out? Maybe, but, like, strep throat... 
and tonsillitis, they kind of go hand in hand, but I think they are two different things. So I don't know that strep throat is like, but I did get, I did stop getting strep throat when I got my tonsils out. But they say but they we, don't take tonsils out anymore. Yeah, I guess that's not like a thing. Right now, it, I wish they would take my left tonsil out right now, right this second. Just if right this would, second? If someone could just come in and cut it the fuck out of my throat, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. I would Do be you wanna, thrilled. As much as like my family lore is horrifying, my mom also had a history of getting like sketchy surgeries and probably unnecessary surgeries. Uh Do you know that she told me she got her tonsils out 100% awake? Sitting up in a chair. I'm not. I can't. (laughs) This is not. This isn't. I'm just telling you there. If someone would do that to my mom, there, there's definitely a doctor somewhere in New York City that would come snip your tonsil out right now. Um, that's okay. <laughs> okay, I wait. Can I talk? Can we talk about Halloween for two seconds? Yes, of course. Um, I've had it with like celebrities. I did an Instagram story about this last night. I've had it with celebrities just having like the exact costumes from whatever it is that they're doing. Like you got like, there's not, what is creative about just like being able to actually buy the real Britney Spears outfit or Marilyn Monroe outfit or the actual outfit that Uma Thurman wore. Like why are people so uncreative and like, or I'm having sorry. a team, like having a professional team and having like a, create it for you. Listen, d- Heidi Klum and d- Heidi Klum is exclu- excluded from this. Although she don't must have done for it us, this. Heidi. Oh, wait, oh, is it on Halloween? Does she do her? I think it party is on, on Halloween. Halloween. I don't know but because like, we would have this, seen it already. People are already weekend, reminiscing about the worm. Yeah, this weekend was not a highlight for me emotionally in any way, shape, or form. Um. And even Bert, like Birdie coming back, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to even like talk about how hard that part has been, but it's just, there's a lot, you know, it's been really rough. This, this week has been really hard. Also, there was a fucking huge mass shooting. We didn't even fucking talk about that. Like, yeah, it, it happened the day I think that the podcast came out last week. And I think people were like, why didn't you talk about that? And I was like, that's, we, it was already recorded. This came out before that happened. And like, what, what to say? It's horrible. It's horrible. It's the fucking guns. It's, yeah. I mean, anything else you can say? Anything else you can say? He was mentally ill or he was, uh, a big fan of Elon Musk's on Twitter, whatever, whatever you want to say about it, the difference between how it happens here and how it happens in other places when somebody has all of those things going on is that we have guns and he was able to get a gun. And ammo. And ammo. Um, But, so I was on my Instagram a lot over the weekend and all of these like celebrity Halloween costumes were just popping, popping off and they did not bring me joy. Cause I was like, where's the creativity? 
what? So you fucking hired a team of people to do this for you? Like that just is so, it's so lame. It just feels so lame to me, doesn't it? I agree. Am I wrong? No, yeah, because you want to see, like you want to see what they- I want it to be they, fun. It's the same as when celebrities are like doing recipes in their kitchen on Instagram. And I'm like, it's clearly being shot by like a team. And I'm just like, it, with the exception of Chrissy Teigen, because she is a pro. That's like what she does, which I know is weird because she's a model and a personality. But like she legitimately runs like a cooking company. And so that's the content that they make. But whenever any other celebrity is just making their their signature caprese salad and it's shot from like four different angles, I'm like, why are you even doing this? Just... I'm so I'm always you know I'm always confused by that like right and so I'm I feel always the same like way the people with the, the social com- media managers I'm just like <laughs> what is this like I like what is this why why and it's so like, weird because I feel like the public is so savvy about so many things now but they remain unsavvy about like oh this is shot from many angles and like edited and uh, edited you know. perfectly like as yeah if- and everything's like um everything's prepped like mise en place for like like right. it's like a cooking show and I'm just like I mean come on come on yeah I mean, but uh, I did I, f- I did try to make a reel a couple weeks ago and I had to bail on it because it was so <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> I was like you know I don't have anyone helping me with this shit but I had like gotten so many cute little outfits at the vintage thing and I was like I'm gonna do a reel but I'm not, it's not for her. That's not for, it's not for me. I'm not, not doing that. That Who? where you like change and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was, gonna, it, I was trying to do something and it just, it's never, I'm never showing, it's never seeing the light of day. Maybe I'll post it on Substack only for subscribers. <laughs> I'll send it to you. You can post okay. it on Substack for just, and ma- and just for our subscribers. You know what? You know what? I'm good. I will do that. I'm going to send it to you right now, Casey, because I do think I saved it just because I was like, this is when I watch it back. I was like, oh, no, no, this is where her age really shows. Also, I want to say um, I know that I'm going off of off off subject. Oh, two things. One of the celebrity costumes. The one that I felt like and I don't know, I might I might even DM to find out. The one that I felt like was so good, good, like great, spot on, but also I weirdly felt like they did it themselves and I could be wrong, was Jenna Dewan and her husband, Steve Kazee, as Edward Scissorhands and Winona Ryder's character. Oh, did okay. Did you see it? I, I don't know it. why I feel like they did it themselves. They just seem like that kind of couple that would be like, ooh, and then let's go and get the, like, I don't know, like... It just didn't feel crazy. Like it didn't feel, it felt like they maybe did it themselves. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to go look at it. One time I made such a great Edward Scissorhands costume for Lincoln and then he refused to wear it on Halloween night, even though he specifically asked for it. So I love a great Edward Scissorhands costume because that's a hard one because this is Scissorhands. It's hard. It's hard. But um, I'm going to have to go look at it and see. I believe it. I believe it. You should DM her and see if if she made it. Well, Halloween hasn't happened yet. So I have hope that we'll see some celebrity uh, as of this recording. We still have tonight and tomorrow night actual Halloween to go. So I'm hoping that we see some celeb costumes that like feel homemade and homey. And uh, but right now, should we talk to our guest? 
Well, I would like absolutely love to talk to our guest. She's adorable. You know her from, I can say, because I'm not in SAG, you know her from Modern Family, but she has a new film out called Tripped Up, and I think you're going to love her. She's delightful. Let's take a listen to Ariel Winter. Foria. <laughs> Foria. 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 Guys. You've heard us talk about it. Guys, what are we doing? What are we talking about? You want better sex? Yes. Yeah. Talk about cozy times, cozying up by the fire. Just imagine the best orgasm or sex you ever had. And then just imagine that it could be so much better because there are products that have been designed to naturally enhance sexual pleasure and give you access to bigger and better orgasms solo or with a partner. It's for you. Foria uses all natural plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. We love the sex oil, awaken arousal oil. And honestly, I just feel like so many products for sex and sexual pleasure or whatever are like made and marketed for men. Yes. And what I love about Foria is that it's not like, Foria is not like you need extra help in the bedroom. They're like, you may have the best fucking sex life of all time. We're making these products for women and people with vulvas to fully experience their sexual pleasure. Why don't you just add it into the mix? See how it does. See what it yeah. does for you. And honestly, read the reviews, guys. Read the <laughs> reviews because and- they're amazing. The reviews are massively entertaining. And I'm going to say from my read of them, very accurate. Yeah, I agree. Uh, When you use them together, the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil is the perfect combo for peak pleasure. Anyway, if you haven't tried it yet, now is your chance. You need to try it. We're getting into this like the cozy season, right? Cuffing season. Right. I fully endorse you to go ahead, treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible. Start with a bottle of Foria, guys. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or use code best at the checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. We recommend trying that Awaken Arousal Oil and the sex oil. You're going to thank us. Oh, my little Gina Lanetti. When that (laughs) Sunday's box comes out, boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. I know she loves it. My girls love it too. They know it by just the sound of it coming out of the cabinet. Well... It's air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. Sundays was co-founded by Dr. Tori, who's a veterinarian, and it contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, 0% synthetic nutrients. There's also like digestive aids, pumpkin, ginger, antioxidants. Gina really loves it. And I love it because it's like not messy and there's no prep involved. I don't have to right. worry about like things being 
defrost it. And she just gets so excited when she eats her little sundaes. Also, we can get her to do tricks with it too because she likes yes. it so much. Yes, same. It's shelf-stable, which makes it easy to feed your dog top-quality food. It's ready right away. And every order ships right to your door, so you don't have to worry about running out of dog food again. Um, Which is perfect for me because I rarely can keep anything straight, what I need in my home. <laughs> Plus, Sundays is very affordable. It costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because they don't waste money shipping frozen packages. They just spend their money on what matters, sourcing the very best all-natural ingredients for your pup. Guys, fresher breath, softer fur, better poops, more energy. I know that's what we all want, but we definitely want that for our dogs. (laughs) You gotta try Sundays. We worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash busy or use code busy at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash busy. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. Hi, Ariel. Hey, how are you doing? Nice to Hi. meet you. I'm, I'm Casey. Hey, nice to meet you. And I'm busy. Nice to see we've, you. Yeah, we've met before. We've met. We've met. We've met back in the day. Yeah, we have. Since, <laughs> since you were little. How old were you when you started your show that we can't mention that show, but how old were you when you started it? 11. Okay. So I literally met you when you were 11 years old, even if you don't remember. That'd be 14 years ago. I thought. No, I I mean, I I don't know if you do remember it back then. No, but I I thought I saw you like six years ago. Yeah. We've seen each other. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying because many times, many times, but like. I'm just saying Cougar Town was the same, you know, we were the same year yeah. as Modern Family starting and I had known Jesse forever. And so we were like at all of those events, the, all of those events at the same, you know, together, like we, I remember you as like, yeah, I was a young, a young person, <laughs> a young a child. person. Yeah. You're, it's crazy. But you're all grown up now. I know. So weird. I feel weird at 25. I, it's like, I feel like time jumps so fast. I feel yeah. like it jumped really, really fast. The quarter <laughs> century, like- I think, is underrated as like a poignant time of life where you're like, oh I'm my great. gosh, am I in the right place? Am I doing, especially someone who has like a serious career already at that point. Most people are still just bopping around. It's definitely weird. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely well- weird. It's weird because it's like half the people around you are married and have kids. And then the other half are like just starting their career. Right. And like don't want that. And then it's like people in the middle of like, oh, my gosh, what am I? What's going on? You know, (laughs) (laughs) What's what's, what's the deal? I mean... I also think I talk about this. I started acting when I was a teenager, but not as young as you were. And I, but I have lots of friends who Michelle Williams started when she was a kid, little like kid. Um, And it is, it does do a thing to you when you've like had a career and made like, I mean, honestly, like, you know, cause we get paid or some, we need residuals guys. Strike. But um, (laughs) 
by the time, you know, like it puts you in such a different place in your life in your early 20s if you've been working since you were 10 years old. And so you do feel, I mean, at least I felt and some of my friends, and I'm curious if you did, I got to like 25 and I was like, okay, now I have to get married and have children because I've done the, like I've already accomplished all this stuff and I've, you know, and I just felt like that was the next thing. And I have, I don't know, I'm just curious if you feel like that pressure, you're a different generation. So I don't know. I mean, yes and no. It's not like pressure. I know a lot of people get like pressure from their families that are like, why aren't you married? Why aren't you having kids? I don't really have that. Um, I Because I think 25 is so young to get married and have kids, by the way. Well, I thought so too. Um, but that's apparently, it's apparently not it. So um, <laughs> there's like way more people that are married and have kids at my age now than I originally thought. Um, I thought that wasn't really happening anymore, but that's not true. Um yeah, I, when I see people around me that like already have kids and we're the same age and I have a lot of friends that are much older than me, more than friends that are my age, but like yeah. even my boyfriend's sister, she and I are one year apart. She's one year older than me and she is married and has her baby and like, she feels like she started like too late. Like she would have wanted okay, to get married well, earlier and have more kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I moved out of California almost two years ago. So everywhere around me, like everyone like at my age or like even way younger than me is like married, has like three kids. And I'm like, how did this happen? Okay, so um, wait, this all makes sense now because when you were saying earlier, like you're like, oh, my friends, I because I'm like in LA, I feel like, LA and New York, I feel like people wait until they're in their 30s to get married and then they're like... Or not at all. Or not at all. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, so you moved out of California. Was that a decision based in pandemic or just boyfriend or, I mean, significant other or whatever? Like, or was it just you were drawn there? It was pretty random. I never really thought that I could see myself living anywhere but California because that's... I'm born and raised in Los Angeles and... yeah. I just didn't. I'd never lived anywhere else. And so for me, I was like, oh, gosh, that seems pretty scary. Um, Like even my friends that went out of state for college, I was like, how do you do that? I was like, you're going to a new place. You got to make new friends. Like you you have a whole new environment. Like that's a level of bravery. And I look around me. It's like a solid amount of people doing it. And it's like not that crazy. Um, But for me, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. Like and I still applied to a bunch of colleges out of state. But I still like once it got to the time, I was like. Oh, I don't know, but I was also working. So it wasn't like, it didn't work, but still it was like, once everyone was leaving, I was like, oh my God, how do you do that? Um, but no, it was really random. It was during the pandemic. Um, it was kind of like, well, my sister had asked me like, what's my five-year plan? And I don't, I'm not a person with a five-year plan. I just don't have that. Right. Um, but she's she's 19 years older than me. And so she has more of a five-year plan. I don't. Um, and she was like, I want us to live in the same, like, vicinity once, you know, if I ever move, cause she loves where I live. And she was like, once my kids graduate, like I want to move there. Would you ever eventually move there? And my boyfriend's from here and I've been here a lot. And I was here before, um, with my sister before I ever even met him and loved it here. But I was like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I was like, I, probably not. I was like, maybe if, you know, we got married and decided to have kids, then I mean, maybe, And then I'm one of these people, I make decisions like that, like really fast. Um, And my sister was like, okay, well, I think you should really consider it. Like, I know you hate California. You've always hated LA. 
Um, like, and you've never been happy here. And like, I think you would like it there. I think it's like more peaceful for you. Like there's not a lot of people, whatever. And I was like, all right, look, I'll get back to you. I was like, but probably not. Um, (laughs) and then she kept being like, you know, you could sell your house for a lot more and like, whatever, like, and I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. And then I thought about it more and more and it did all kind of click and make sense. I don't like LA. I've lived there my whole life. I feel that it's like, it's like going outside and not having paparazzi is so awesome. It's something I never thought I could have in my life. Like it's never, it's like the freedom to just like do anything and not have a random picture of me is so awesome. Like I don't have to constantly look over my shoulder and be like, Oh my God, someone's watching me or like, Oh God, do I like look like shit at the whole foods today? Like, it's like, at least like, I'm just me just doing my own random thing. And I was thinking, I was like, I mean, they wouldn't have that there. There'd be more space because we have six dogs. And I was like, things are like less expensive in, in where I am other than California or like rather than California. And of course my boyfriend was like, well, you know, I definitely want to move back. So like, you know, I think you would really like it. I think it, it is something that's like kind of you. And I was like, okay. And yeah, within a week and a half, I decided that we were going to move here. And so, wow, <laughs> I really just admire kind of fast that. Tracked. Yeah, I, I admire too. your willingness to try something big to see how it goes. You know, I had to decide fast for that reason. I knew if I gave myself more time, I was going to talk myself out of it for sure. If you I gave myself more than that, of, you can talk yourself out of anything. Yeah, I think. absolutely. I Ariel, I have a son your age, just a little, a little bit younger than you. And like, I always try to tell him, I don't know, it, nothing's permanent. You know, even the things that we really love aren't permanent. So like, I don't know, just try it. If you have the luxury of trying something, do it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. That was my thought process. That's kind of what got me to move is like, okay, there's all these things that could work. I'm not stuck anywhere ever. Like, right. thankfully, Ugh. I have the luxury of not being stuck anywhere. And like, that's right. that is a very beautiful thing. And like, if I moved here and I hated it, I could move back right away. Right. And I don't have to stay. <laughs> and clearly you're still, it's not affecting your work because you're working, you're in a movie that's coming out, which is amazing. You don't need to be in LA to still be doing your career. Absolutely. The pandemic kind of gave me that gift. Like it's not a gift at all. The pandemic is not, it was not a gift at all. But if there is like a silver lining that came out of it, like it did change the industry entirely. And it gave me this opportunity to do that. I don't audition in person anymore. If I need to, I don't do like, I'll just Zoom with people or, you know, whatever. And, and I can be wherever and not very many things film in California. And if I do get a show that films in California, my family still lives in California. My friends are in California. Like, I don't mind that. Like, there's a direct flight from Burbank. Like, right? Yeah. things work out so well that I could spend however much time I needed to there. Like, Ty, um, from my show, he went back and forth a bunch um, to where yeah, he lived moved, with his family. Yeah, they moved, I feel like several years before the show absolutely, was over. Absolutely. Yeah. And be like, he yeah. work and then he'd go back and he was totally good and just happy doing that. So yeah, it's kind of like given me freedom to do really anything. It hasn't hindered 
any of that. Now, it's definitely hard. The one thing about living here is like, I am very different. My social views are very different. My political views are very different. Sure. Um, That's interesting. No, I mean, yeah. that is interesting to move to a place where... Uh, it's a little maybe, bit rough. Mm-hmm, quite a bit rough. That could be hard for you. Quite a bit rough. And how um, do you yeah. deal with that? Like, um, how do you make You know, I thought and- people here would be... I thought it was going to be more like in your face. Because the one thing I'll say about like growing up in California... everything everyone has to say is always right in your face. Like you always know, like, it's like, you could be an argument in 0.2 seconds. And I'm not saying I don't love that sometimes. Sometimes I do. And I'm just ready to go. Um, But here people don't really bring it up. Like the majority of people, it's not really something that like, is like a, for most people, like a dinnertime conversation or like a hangout conversation. If something gets brought up, I'm a very like, I stand by what I believe and I'm more than happy to argue my beliefs, argue my point. I'm more than Mm -hmm. happy to disagree with you to your face um, as much as I want. And I'm (laughs) sure that's probably a little bit aggressive to some people here. I haven't run into it too much though, where I've had to do that. Um, But I, I, it's kind of like everywhere. There's some members in my family that I very aggressively disagree with. Um, and you know, we, we disagree, we disagree openly. Um, but I think that's something that's been helpful here is it's not like, it's not shoved in my face all the time. And something I didn't realize is I thought like everyone, and I know it's such a stupid thing to think, but I thought 90% of the population I was going to be against (laughs) their views. Um, but it's really not that there's actually quite a few people who do share, my same views. Um, and I was pretty surprised to see that. Like there are a bunch of pride groups around here of like parents who started pride groups. And I thought that was awesome. Um, because I didn't think that was going to be around at all. (laughs) Like the city close to where I live is a lot more progressive for sure. They're like progressive. Um, but my town, of course, there's more of a mix, but still in my town, I was so surprised to see like things that I aligned with a lot more. So that's been, that's been helpful, but I've always been very like, what I believe is what I believe. And I'm down to have it challenged and discussed. And like, I'm not, I might be set, but I'm also like, I'm not closed off to learning and opening. And so I'm not, I'm not one to like shy away if it gets brought up. It's great that you're bringing like a, a diversity of views to a place where, you know, maybe people don't see it as much. But like you said, sure. you have, there are definitely like-minded people there. That's why I always get kind of bummed out when people are like, well, if you live in a red state, like just get out of there, you know? And it, right. first of all, that's not always feasible for people. Absolutely. But like, <laughs> second of all, like it takes all kinds of people and like you deserve to be where you want to be and to believe what you believe, you know? So unless I think you don't deserve to believe it and then that's a little different, but you know. But I think that's I, great that you're just like, you're there and, and being who you are and it sounds like a nice life for you. It's peaceful. And I think that's something I was always missing in LA and yeah. LA has like growing up there. Cause I did start in the industry at four. Um, and so it, all kind of like, and sometimes your experience, um, 
uh, clouds your view of different things. And I think LA has always had like a dark cloud over it for me. It's tied Um, to everything. It's it's tied tied to so many things. Yeah. Um, And so here I just feel so like personally, like peaceful, like all of the, like, it sounds so stupid, but like driving on the freeway or driving on the roads and, and there's so much foliage it's like green and red and there's seasons and it's like it feels like it's beautiful outside and there's so much more space and it just feels like you know at you could take out everybody who lived here not take out, but I mean like you could separate everyone who lived here horrible horrible phrasing but like you could separate everyone who lived here and it'd just be like us living in the state by ourselves and like it's so freaking gorgeous and the dogs love it. And like, I love having seasons. I love it. Yeah. I love it so <laughs> it much. sounds like you needed a little space and you uh, certainly, you've oh, been yeah. working since you were four, you've earned some space, some space, you know? I mean, like that's wild. You've been working for 21 years. That's like, that's some people's whole careers. <laughs> and is, like, I was about to say that is, that is people's entire career. And you're, <laughs> you're, you're, pardon me for saying, cause you're not, you're an adult, but you're such a young adult to me old lady and you've you've worked already like an entire career do you Mm -hmm. remember anything from when you were four years old it was a cool web commercial right it was it was indeed (sighs) um yeah I remember a few select things that weren't um that weren't ideal um I oh god I did the cool whip commercial I think this is on the cool whip commercial it's so horrible um but I was on the shoot I might have been five when I did that I'm not sure but I was on the shoot and there was a girl who's like my age maybe a little bit younger she might have been like a year younger than me or something maybe two I don't know um but her mom kept like she was like misbehaving and her mom kept being like okay well if you do, if you keep misbehaving, you're going to get in trouble. Okay. Well, if you keep misbehaving, you're going to get in trouble. Like, let's be a little bit more, let's be a little bit better. Um, and this is so horrible of me, but it's just how my brain was wired when I was a little kid. And I was like, oh, well, her mom's saying that she's going to get in trouble if she keeps doing this. And she does keep, she is keeping doing this. So let me go and give her the punishment because she is still doing it. Oh, and gosh. so I spanked her. Um, and I got fired and it was really awkward. Um, and it was not good. Um, yeah, it was like, it's, it's a pretty embarrassing, like it's pretty embarrassing, but while I did the spanking, I blame it a little bit on what I knew of punishment. So like, or the like hitting, you know, so for me, it's like different, but at the same time I so did it and I was so awkward and I was in so much trouble, but it was like, it was so awkward. It was horrible. Oh my god! So like, well, I remember you that. were you were four or five years old. So, I mean, I'm just in my head. I'm thinking of like the person. Like, could you imagine being in a business where it becomes your job somehow to fire a four or five year old child? It doesn't make any sense. It was so awkward. <laughs> yeah, like no, to fire a four or five year old child for acting like a four or five year old child. <laughs> Truly. You know what I mean? Like four, yeah. four-year-olds are weird. You get weird ideas. Yeah. She's had a weird well, idea. I think she was maybe four. I might've been, I might've been five. I definitely was a little bit older than her. I oh, definitely well, was a little totally bit older totally different. Than her. You were five. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I'm just saying like, I'm like, I might've been a little bit older than her. I know I was a little bit older than her. And again, I've totally like released myself from it. I was a child. I have no, and now it's a funny story to me, but it's also so embarrassing because it's like, oh my God, I really like, who gave me the authority? Who was like, who was out here? Like, you need to go, you need to take care of it because she's not listening and we're at work. Like, Ariel, I just met authority. you, but I would like to release you from the embarrassment over it. You're, <laughs> yeah, I you're, agree. I agree. You're a it's whole so different awkward. person now. You were just a baby. Oh my God, so awkward. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are like little random things I remember from the jobs I did. I remember I worked with Tom Kenny, who is SpongeBob. We had our little yeah. show on um, Cartoon Network. We introduced the new shows and I was like six for that. Um, and I worked with him and I had such a good time. And um it was funny. I ended up going to high school with his son. Like my oh. first day of high school, I looked at him. I looked at his son. And I was like, um, is that like, is Tom shrunk and at my school? Like what happened? <laughs> um, and I was like, no, it can't be. It can't be. And then I like looked at the school, whatever. And it was like, it was. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I worked with your dad like nine years ago. And he was like, like nine years ago. I was like, yeah, this sounds so weird now. I was like, this sounds so weird. Like I'm talking about working with your dad nine years ago. We're in high school. It's so weird. Again, this is like a situation that I'm imagining you're a teenager in high school and you're talking to a peer about how you were colleagues with their parents. Like (laughs) it's, it's so weird and so surreal. It makes sense now that you're saying like you have a lot of older friends, obviously. It's kind and, of like I spent all of my time on set. Like I spent all of my time working from being a yeah, kid. So it's like right. I didn't like all my friends were like people on the crew, people on the cast. Like and I didn't ha- there until Modern Family, there were like no kids on the majority of the things I did. Or if there were, it was short and we didn't keep in touch. Right. So for me, it was like that was what I knew. Those were my friends. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of weird to like to make friends your own age at that. It's. Definitely, definitely difficult. And like Hollywood break for people listening at home, being a kid on set is, I think, in my observation, even harder than just being a regular actor because like you're working really hard, you know, practically the same hours as everyone else. You're also being tutored and you have to get your work done faster because of restriction. It's really not an easy, it's not an easy thing (laughs) for a kid to do. It's the hard. I think it's like one of the hardest. But Ariel, I have a question. Do you feel like mm-hmm. you you would ever write a book, a memoir? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I definitely, yeah. I definitely would have a lot to say. It's yeah. just I don't know if I. I don't know. I've said I don't know like 300 times, but I don't know. As of now, I I, only know, but... I would just offer, you're only 25. So there is like, uh, you have, there's so much life still that you're going to live and like you may hit a point, but that you're like, oh, I'd like to compile these thoughts. But do you write, do you write things down? Are you a journaler? Do you keep journals or diaries or anything? I'm not. I'm really not. I know I should. Like everyone has always been like, you need to journal. And I just don't. Um, I think that's so hard when people are like, you need to journal. I, t- anytime anyone asks, like tells me I need to write, I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm not writing. Like, it's <laughs> like, that's always my reaction. A journal is just not, it's not something that I ever really had. So it's like not something that 
is natural to me. Like a lot of people I know who journal, it's like something they started when they were really young and and they've kept it up. And for me, I definitely never did that. So I don't, I haven't done that. I started more like I've been in therapy for 10 years or 11 years. And I recently started, I guess recently is like maybe four years ago, um, five years ago, getting into like more serious therapy work. And Mm -hmm. through that, I have started not journaling per se, but like, you know, maybe going into my notes app and writing a couple things down. Like Mm -hmm. if I have a memory that I like finally remembered, or like if, you know, just opening up your life again in a deeper way, I've written some things down like that, but I haven't really gone like deep dive because I think it's just so hard sometimes <laughs> when your life has felt so long in such a short period of time with so many different aspects of your life happening, some that you may not be open to share, some that like, I'm a pretty open person, but like obviously people, there are like things people don't share. Um, yes. And like just having to separate everything out and then, oh, it's like, it's like a lot. It would be and try to make a, sense of it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels I'm like the song as, um, Bohemian Rhapsody for me. It's like nine different yes. songs in one in yes. one song. And like, I've yeah. always been yes. so frustrated by that song. So that's like my yeah. book. <laughs> that <laughs> that's such sense. a good analogy. I'm not a journaler either, even though I'm a writer. And I think it's like, I think a couple things, like I have trust issues. To me, when you write something down, it's automatically like it's to be read. Like, I think it's so tempting or whatever. So if anything's super private, I'm keeping it locked inside. I'm not like writing it down. But also there were things that I just wasn't really ready to even share with myself, I don't think, to see in black and white. And it it took me so much longer to even get close to that than what you're talking about, having been in therapy for 10 years and, you know, really deep therapy for five years or whatever. Like, I was in my 40s before I started being like, okay, here's the truth of, like, how it was, you know? Definitely. I think it's it takes a really long time and I feel very fortunate as again, as well, that I was able to start therapy so young and like get that opportunity because I, I know that it's not like, I know that in some places it's definitely a a strong luxury to be able to do it. And I say that like that because there are ways to do therapy and I want, if anybody's listening to this and like, it's not like closed off to anybody. So like, there are ways to do it, like, you know, economically, like, and in so many different ways. Um, But just in general, I feel like a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do therapy when they're younger, just because it's not presented to them, or it's like still stigmatized, or it's like, whatever, there's just, or it's like, you don't really need that, like, just deal with it. Um, Like, oh, you didn't have like a big, substantial event in your life, just chill. And it's like, no, I mean, things, a lot of things can affect you. And I, I just feel very like, grateful that I've had that opportunity to work on myself for as long as I have, um, because it definitely has, I feel like when I have kids, I'll be a lot more ready for, I don't know. I just see a lot of things and I feel like getting myself to the most healed and like right version of myself is going to help me exponentially in so many different ways and like just opening yourself up and and really figuring out who you are, your experiences, what you want to do better, what you want to do again, what you want to do different, what you a lot of, you know, whatever is something I'm I'm very grateful to do earlier. I have a lot of people around me that haven't been able to do it earlier. And so 
I've seen the difficulties in their journey of doing it later. And I just feel really grateful that I've had the opportunity to start early. Yeah, oh, I think and I'm, great. I'm grateful to you for talking about it because yeah, I think that probably is very helpful. It, it, there might be one person listening to this who's like, oh, I can, I can do this too. You know, I should do this. So I think that's so great that you're willing to share that. It's important. I mean, therapy for me is like, I don't think I could, I don't know. I love my therapist so much. Like I'm a little bit obsessed <laughs> with her. Like, <laughs> I think she's so special. Like, I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. Um, yeah, I talk to her for pretty much almost two hours a week. Um, and that's I'm great. just like, yeah, I encourage everybody I know, truly everyone. Yeah. I'm like, if you can go to therapy, just go to Same. therapy. There yeah. might be things that like you don't know or like haven't discovered about yourself that like maybe you're going to go in therapy and you're going to be like, yes, this is what I have been needing. It's what I've been looking for. I like, I'm the, I'm the therapy push- pusher. There are people who are like drug pushers and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm the therapy pusher. I'm like, I will force you into therapy. And they're like, oh my God. And so I'm like out here, I'm out here being a little bit too much, you know, but no, <laughs> I'm doing I, it for a good cause. Not You're at all. Doing it for a good cause. Yeah. Doing it for a good cause. <laughs> yeah. Good cause. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. I am just obsessed with Hatch with the restore to hatch, like alarm clock, light, soothing It's, it's everything. It's like a dream machine. I liked it. I'm going to be honest at first because it's good looking. <laughs> and you know that I'm shallow and I just like whatever is good looking. But it's so useful. Look, sometimes I like set my alarm and then I end up just like, Ugh, I can't do it. I can't wake up. It's like, uh, uh. <laughs> Hitting snooze. Hitting, uh, and then an hour later, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Listen, but that's why the Hatch Restore 2 is the best. Think of it as a bedside sleep guide. It's an innovative all-in-one dream machine, a sophisticated sound machine. You know I need a sound machine. Yeah, Light and alarm clock. And it looks really cool. It's very beautifully designed. So... Hatch teaches your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. And it coaches you through meditations and mindfulness exercises that transform the time before and after sleep into restful rituals. It's Um, really gotten me out of the habit of falling asleep to a TV show and then waking up to a different TV show. It wasn't healthy what I was doing before. And so the Hatch Restore 2 has just trained me to sleep in a much more healthy way. Yeah. And there's no like jarring alarms. You wake up really gently. It's like a sunrise alarm clock. I'm sending one back to school with Birdie. Oh, nice. Yeah. I got, I bought, I bought an extra one. Oh, Um, especially because it gets so dark there and, and guys, we're about to hit it where it's about to be daylight. We're not, I don't even want to talk about it. Don't even (laughs) want to talk about it, but get, get into the hatch before you know what that starts happening. Because you you can't force great sleep, but you can kind of learn how to do it. And the Hatch Restore 2 is here to help. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore 2 and free shipping at hatch.co slash best. Sleep deeply, wake gently with the Restore 2. Go to hatch.co slash best. 
to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash best. Chomps, 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 chomps. <laughs> Christine sent me a picture of her with her chomps and she's like, I'm obsessed and I'm going to have to go buy more. And I was like, I know, I get it. Guys, because... I don't know, we all hit those, like we hit that moment in the day where you're like, oh, I need a snack, right? Yeah. Like, but like an emergency. It's an emergency. But like protein bars are so gross. They're so bad for you. It, they just are. I'm sorry. There's they a just lot are. of other stuff in a lot of protein bars. Yeah. It's is, too many. It's too much. Like it's too many fillers. Yeah. Um, that's why I would like to introduce you to Chomps. It's going to be a game changer for you and your taste buds. I wish that I had this so many years ago. So... Chomps are high-protein snacks. They've got zero sugar. They're delivered straight to your door. They have amazing flavors. Their tasty meat sticks are packed with mouth-watering flavor. And only the best real ingredients. Every delicious Chomps meat stick has protein that your body needs, over 9 grams per stick without any unhealthy additives, zero sugar, low-carb, keto-friendly, allergy-friendly, don't contain any fillers. Chomps are simply made with natural ingredients you can feel good about. The sugar is like a key thing for me because a lot of people that are trying to get like more protein in their diet, you'd be shocked how many ready-to-eat products contain a ton of sugar. You think you're getting something and you're like, this is fairly wholesome and straightforward. I know what it is. And then you look at the label and it has so much sugar. And if you're trying not to eat sugar... It renders so much of the shelf useless to you. I know, I know. Zero sugar. Zero sugar. very appreciative of that. Well, they also have nine flavors. There's something for everyone. I personally loved that variety pack. We we just breezed right through it, (laughs) (laughs) trying them all. Um, They're great on their own. You can also just like have a little piece of fruit, have some hummus, have crackers, whatever you want. They have thousands of five-star reviews. Guys, they're incredible. The best part to me, of course, is that you can order online and have them delivered straight to your door. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash best. Go to chomps.com slash best for 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's chomps, C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash best. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. You know who I'm obsessed with? Vanessa Williams, who produced your new movie. She was awesome. She was really, really awesome. I didn't get to, I was sad. I didn't have like a lot of scenes with her by myself. I think I was only in like one scene with her and I was like, oh, Um, (laughs) but getting to spend the time with her, I did. She was really cool. She's very professional. She's a great actress. Um, And just, you know, awesome and inspiring to see other actresses and and women producing projects and working on a female led project is so awesome. Um, We should tell everyone that this is, this movie has an an agreement from SAG-AFTRA. So that's why we're able to talk to you about the movie. It's called Tripped Up and you're able to promote the movie because you guys went ahead and got that little waiver. So even though the strike is ongoing, you're able to make this movie and you're able to talk about it. Yeah, it was definitely hard. I mean, I will be very honest. It was a very hard decision for me to 
decide to promote it because it's like, of course, I want to promote the film that like I did. And we had a great time on, we worked really hard on. Um, but it's also like, I'm like, oh, but it's such a rough time because I yeah. like, I stayed <laughs> with my fellow actors and, and with everyone in general. And like, I don't want it at all to be like, she's not in support. Cause it's like, I so majorly support. Well, we did have, we had, um, the guys that made Dicks, the musical, the movie um, on and they had an interim agreement. So we've like talked about what the interim agreement is. And it's actually, you know, I think the interim agreements can be great because then it's like showing these major huge studios like, well, these little independent movies or bigger independent movies um, are companies, the film companies are able to like sign on to what we're asking for. So Absolutely. Why yeah. We're extremely <laughs> indie. Studios. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's another reason I felt comfortable um, doing this about the, you know, the movie is because we are super indie. We're not, you know, attached right. to any of these people who are trying to ruin us. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, we had a really great time. I had never done a movie that was female led crew production, um, director, all four of us being the leads of the movie female. <laughs> so that yeah, was when like, did you guys film really it? Um, we filmed last year, I'm pretty sure. And we filmed in New Jersey. Um, and who are the other girls in it? It's like you so and three other girls. Leah Lewis, uh-huh. Ashley Moore, and Sasha Fox. Um, and it was funny because Leah and I had like known each other, both being child actors and like growing up in a similar circle, but like not uh-huh. actually knowing each other. Um, and so it was so fun when I saw her on the project because I was like, yes. We finally get to like have, have this time. like friendship and connection after knowing all of the same people, knowing like everything and knowing things about each other from afar, right? <laughs> like yeah. Not having known each other. So that was really fun. Um, and meeting Sasha and Ashley and working with them was so awesome. And it definitely was a new experience for me. Like I said, I haven't been on a project like that and I haven't really like, I don't know, like people talk all the time. Like people will be like, oh, I'm nervous to like, work on a project with like all female actresses. And then I'm like, Oh God. And then I'm like, I do it. And I'm like, this was awesome. (laughs) You know, what is the, what's the deal? I had a great time. What was it like as a performer working with like a mostly female crew? Is it a little different vibe? Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it just feels different overall because it's what you're seeing. So it just like is overall different. Someone else asked me recently if like, I feel more comfortable when there's Mm -hmm. a female production. And to be honest, I don't think it really matters for me because I started so young that I'm so comfortable with what I had to be so comfortable with whatever, like there's not an option. You're kind of just like you do it or you don't. Um, And that's not an option. So I kind of became comfortable just in general with everything. So I don't think it, changed my comfortability like that. And we also Mm -hmm. didn't really have anything that was like, uh, there was no like, you know, really sex scenes or anything like that. Where it might feel more confident. Yeah. Where you might feel more confident. Kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. With a female director being like, okay, now show your boobs as opposed to like, you know, a six-year-old man Um, that, you know, might be a little different. Um, But yeah, I think it was just fun overall and just getting to have that experience, which was so unusual, but I hope becomes so much less unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it was a really fun time. It looks really fun. It looks like you guys like really like each other a lot. 
We do. I honestly, yeah. I love the girls. Um, what was funny about that movie though, I, I really think back about it and I think about how I'm not a pot smoker. Um, <laughs> and it was like so hard for me to do it and look like I was a, a pot smoker. A bit of a stoner. Yeah. Oh my God. I was so, I was so struggling. I was trying to inhale this bong. Like it was like 9,000 times. Everyone was looking at me like, are you for real? You've like never really smoked weed out of a bong. And I'm like, no, we haven't. And they're like, you really, they're like, you just suck in air. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. I'm trying to suck in air, but it's like, doesn't feel like anything's happening. And like, I don't think I have enough to get to come back out. And I will say that was the funniest, like, or the hardest thing for me about filming that movie was like, oh my God, are they going to be able to edit this and make me look like I know what I'm doing here? Oh, because you know, I am really struggling. That's really I was funny. so struggling. I At a certain point, I was like, I mean, and again, everyone was looking at me like, um, yeah, like, how do you, you not okay? know how to do this? Right, right, like, right. Are you okay? That's really funny. I feel like and this I'm is like, an exclusive. Like, this yeah. is like a Hollywood kid t- confessing that she never smoked out of a bong. Yeah, she didn't like, know how to do it. I think that's the most surprising thing that you could tell us. I love to be honest. So like, yes, I've smoked (laughs) weed before. I'm not going to lie and say I haven't. I have. But like, I was never like consistent. I never really (laughs) liked it. Like it just made me so tired and then it made me really paranoid. And I was like, oh no. It's not for for her. It's It's not not for for me. And so like, even like a small pipe at a certain point, they just gave me like a small pipe and I was like, okay, this is manageable. But like we got to the bong and I was like, I was so embarrassed. I was out here like, I did a I did a movie before this one where I um had to swim in a pool and basically the whole movie was swimming in pools and this is another thing that I was like oh my god um I don't really swim I just don't really swim I'm not really oh good at it I don't really swim um and the I'm other like, lead girl like she didn't really either I don't I don't like water so it's like the other girl didn't really do it either um the other lead girl and so we heard actually I don't know if it was like the I don't know if it's like water safety. I don't know. Uh, but whoever was there to help us in the water, I know this is like so me blanking on the title. Um, but he was talking to someone else on production and like we overheard him being like, I just don't understand why they would like do a movie about pools and they like can't even swim and they don't even like the water and they don't even swim. And I honestly, like she and I looked at each other and we were like, oh my God, he's so right. Like we weren't even upset. We weren't even like, we didn't even pop around the corner. Like how dare you be talking about us like this? We were solidly just looking at each other like, yeah. Oh my God. He's swimming. making points. He is making <laughs> points. What did we like? Why are we like, oh, I'm and not saying like, why did I do that movie? We just looked at each other like, we are so embarrassing right now getting in this pool, looking like we cannot swim. And we're supposed to be looking like we are like fish. And it That's was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I don't know if I'm just in my era of like trying things that like I'm not good at. <laughs> know if it's if that's my era but here we are i'm gonna also say it's like an oversight on the part of production to not be like by the way just double checking do you love swimming and are you great at it like clearly (laughs) you said you're very honest and clearly no one asked clearly nobody asked the right i think i just i think i over like 
I think I just overlooked how bad of a swimmer I am. I think I was like, I think I was like, you know what? I think I can make most of this to where I'm like, right. mostly getting out of pools or just like in the shallow end where I can stand. You right. know, we're not going to have like a whole lot of things where I have to be really like, we have to be good at this. Like, I think we're going to be chill. And then we're not chill. So it was, <laughs> it was like, it, to be honest, it was more me than it was them. Cause it's not like they didn't ask me if I could swim. I was honest. And I was like, look, I'm not a good swimmer, but I wasn't, I probably didn't say as much as I should that like going underwater is terrifying. Um, and I probably <laughs> should have said that. Um, and I didn't. So, you know, we, we all make choices and that was the choice I made. Um, oh my God. so, you know, so but funny. again, I think it'll look fine and that's what matters. Yeah. I love hearing this from you, Ariel, because I've often thought I'm a writer and I work around actors all the time, but here are the reasons why I could never be an actor. Can't roller skate, would never put a contact (laughs) lens in my eye, wouldn't (laughs) smoke anything. You know, it's hard. They're asking you to do a lot of things and look good doing it that maybe we don't do. I I can totally understand how you would overlook your swimming ability and be like, yeah, I think I can do it but you really couldn't. Yeah. And it's not like I like solidly was drowning. Um, but I just, I <laughs> looked goodness. a little bit like I was drowning probably most of the time. Um, and I was like, and they're just going to have to cut away. Um, but <laughs> I, so it's like, I, I do know how to swim a little bit. I'm just not good at it. I don't look like I swim often because I don't. Right. Um, so it's not like I fully couldn't swim. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this movie and like, you know, not swim. It wasn't that it was just solidly me going, no, I'll be better at this when I'm there. And there, and I can make workarounds. I can make this work. Like, I can make this work. We will be in the shallow end. We're not going to be in the deep end. We're not going to be in the ocean. I got this. And really, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a critical error. Oh, for oh my me. God. It's really funny, Ariel. But I made it. But I made it. You I did made it. it. You did it. Busy, do you have anything to tell Ariel? Have you ever, like, committed to doing something that you really couldn't do on camera? Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I think every actor has. Every single actor has. They give you, they're offering you a part and you're like, yeah, I can fucking do that. Um, I can think of so many. The fir- Well, the first was this, the like the first indie movie I ever did in the 90s. And there was like a lacrosse game that figured prominently, like where we were playing, girl, the girls were playing lacrosse. And I was like, 100%. I didn't know what the fuck lacrosse was. I was like, when we got there and there were sticks, I'm like, what are the sticks? What's happened? Like, I didn't know any of it. Then there was a big one. Oh, I know what it was. It was right after Birdie was born. And I had tested and didn't get the lead of Kath and Kim, which was a like a sitcom on NBC. Yeah. And then I and then I had Birdie. But the, the creator of the show was like, we would love for you to come do a guest spot on the show. There's going to be some roller skating. Is that okay? And I was like, some roller skating? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, it was roller derby. I oh, was no. like, <laughs> I needed to be like a professional roller skater. Because also like when you roller derby, you're like on an angle. Right. And it was insane. I like got on set and was like, oh no, oh no, no. And Selma, who I just fucking love and have known for so long, Selma Blair was, she was, she's just kind of like fear. She always has been like very fearless, you know? And she just was like, fuck it. 
and she just put on roller skates and just was like zipping around the thing. And wow. I'm like, I can't. I was still, I was like lactating, like my boobs were, and I was, and I had like given birth not that long ago. I was probably like still like 40 pounds up or, you know, like, so I wasn't like fully comfortable in my body. It was, needless to say, a, a horrific like three days on set. It's and a I, miracle you both have survived all of I these I would things. agree. I actually agree. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was bad. But then also there are some things like where I do it very accurately to my experience. For instance, giving birth on camera. Um, I have given birth in real life. And I was told that it was too over, like that's not how people give birth. And I was like, it's literally how I gave birth. That those were the, that was how I was doing it. It's how I gave birth. It's but like okay. when 60 Minutes tried to correct Oprah about how she pronounced her own name. <laughs> so absurd. I mean, when people think they know more about you than you know about you, it's just crazy. I bet you get that a lot. I bet you too. get that oh all god. the time. Oh my god. From everybody. It's always like, oh, well, I thought, no, I thought you did this. Oh, I thought you were like, you talk like this. I thought you looked like this. I thought you would. And I'm like, um, I'm standing right here. I'm right here. Like just solidly ask me because you clearly know zip. Um, but what's funny about like the rest of that is like, yeah, the actor culture, when you are in the industry is like, you don't say no to anything. No. It's a, you say yes to everything and you figure it out on the day. Mm-hmm. I had an audition when I was a kid that was like eight and it was a commercial audition. And that was what I was taught from a kid. You do not say no. They ask you to do something, you say yes and you do it. And so I went in this room. Of course, on my resume, there's like all the things on the bottom of a kid's resume that they don't do. It's like gymnastics, all the different sports that their parents have like lied about that they do that they don't. Um, And so we all have that at the bottom of our resume Um, and go in and they're like, okay, so you're a gymnast. And I was like, absolutely. And they're like, okay, well, um, can you do like a cartwheel for us right now? And I was like, "Mm, yeah, I definitely can. Flat on my back. It was solidly (laughs) like they had to be like, they, it was bad. And it was like this cold concrete floor too. And it like oh, hurt. No. Oh, and I was like, no. and I was like, um, I just haven't done it in a while, but like, I can definitely do it. Like I, it just has it. I, but I was like in so much pain. And I left the room and I was like, um, they like came out and they were like, she actually fell. Um, she doesn't do gymnastics. And I was like, yep, you're right. I don't, I did my best. fell flat on my back but it's like yeah it is the culture it's like if you are if you have an opportunity you go for one million percent even if you don't feel comfortable or even if you can't do it it's like yeah because then there you're just like well I'll figure it out on the day I will figure it out on the day but you know what sometimes the day comes and you're like oh I did not figure this out (laughs) absolutely I didn't oh my god yeah absolutely that day comes and then it's so awkward I feel like I don't know after the roller skating slash whatever roller derby incident for me, I have been very clear about things that I don't do. For instance, (laughs) you know this, Casey. I did this TV show called Vice Principals with Danny McBride in South Carolina. And the scripts were coming out like as we were shooting. And then I got a script that had this whole huge sequence of my character and Danny McBride's character like in a flashback in in war like in a war playing soldiers in in a war like that's how we met and um as soon as I read it 
I was like, oh, I can't. I literally don't know fucking know what I'm doing. And so I like immediately was like, I'm going to need them to um, send me to tactical training and uh, like military, <laughs> like sh- have some military person show me all the things that you would do. And I did it. Like I did it. And then they ended up cutting the entire s- sequence. We didn't even shoot it because oh, for money, God. like for budget reasons. Right. Because you took up the budget going to tactical training. I took up the budget (laughs) (laughs) training, so they cut it. But I I was like, I'm going to use this. You know what? I'm going to use this now as an opportunity to, like, learn new things. On uh, the TV show that I'm currently doing that I guess we can't talk about, uh, when there was, like, this... Because every joke, like, Tina Fey, it's like, like, there's 4,000 jokes. And there was, like, one joke at the end of like the finale of the first season that I'm like, do a, I'm on a stripper pole basically and like doing tricks and stuff, my character. And so I was like, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to have to sign up for some, like, we're going to have to get me a trainer for (laughs) pole. And I fucking learned how to do it. So so dope. Yeah. I mean, Maybe we just look at it like that. Yeah, use it as like an education, I guess. That's what I'm saying. You want to learn, You, I'm just saying, Ariel, you want to learn a new skill. Like, you're like, I'd really love to know, like to know how to cook. You have to play, you're going to, you should find a movie where you play the chef. For sure. And then tell them to send you to culinary school before you Yeah, <laughs> I go and I'm like, you need to uh, bankroll me doing all the things that I yeah. want to do. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, I love that. Saying. I love that for us. That's important. <laughs> I think we should. This is how we should move ahead in our careers. This is very, this is very special. This is very special. <laughs> Do you see yeah. yourself continuing to act like in perpetuity? Yeah, I mean that is the goal. I've gotten into producing recently, and I really love that as well. I think it is a another outlet for me to express myself and things that I'm good at. I'm not a not a writer. I wish I could write. I can't. Um, I am very clear about things, again, that I, I don't think I can do now. Directing, not something I think I'd be able to do. But like producing, I'm in there. I got you. Let's go. So for me, I think adding in that has kind of opened up a new area of my career because doing it for 21 years, like obviously it's not like it gets old, but it's like, something exciting again, like something new to try in the same field that I already love. Um, And so I think that has been something that has kind of like solidified that, yeah, I want to move forward, being able to make my own projects that I'm in, make projects I'm not in, Mm -hmm. um, have all different areas. You know, if I can't work for a certain time, like if I you know, if they don't want to hire a pregnant person for nine months or whatever, (laughs) and I'm pregnant, if that were to happen ever, um, then, you know, I can still, I can still work. I got you. Let me, let me be there. Cause you know, I feel like, I don't know, people like Julie got so lucky being hired as a pregnant person, but like, I don't know anybody else who's pregnant who like (laughs) is really working. Um, I think performers make such excellent producers though, too, because you just, you know, that side of it, you know, the value of having a really great producer who has your back and, and is helping you do your best work on set. So I bet you're really good at it. I do just say the one thing that's kind of hard is like, when you're dealing with the actors and you can understand both sides now, it's like, yeah. you know, when you're just the actor, it's like so many things are like, we'll get this done. 
you know, right, like, right. Do it. get this done. This is what I need. I'm leaving at this time. I'm like, whatever, like we're past whatever. And then the producer, like the actor side of me is like, totally get that. Like on the same page, I want that for you. And then the producer side of me is like, I don't think I can make that all happen for you. And now you're upset. And I'm upset because I can't make it happen for you, but that's just what it is. Right. And then I think like, while it's definitely a blessing to understand that side, it's also a little bit of a curse because also realizing that like, everyone hates the producer. Like, I hate (laughs) to say that, but it's always like on the productions, like everyone is always pissed at the producer. It's always like, they're always like, where's the producer I need to talk to them about my budget? Where's the producer I need to talk to them about my trailer? Where's the producer I need to talk about them on my call time? It's like, everyone is always mad at the producer. Well, you have to, yeah, you have to be the problem solver. Yeah, you have to be you the one be that like, like everybody comes to okay. with their issues. Yeah. And everybody wants, I learned this from Andy Cohen, everybody wants to be heard. That's the best thing Absolutely. you can do for everyone is just listen to them. And I used it a lot when I was producing Busy's late night talk show is that like sometimes you just listen to someone and you're like, that sucks. I wish we could do something about that. You okay? Okay, talk to you <laughs> <For> later. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, that, for sure. Okay. It sounds really hard. Let me know if there's anything else I can do. But I mean, I can't help specifically with what you're asking. But But I'm here. I'm here. Oh, my gosh. Errol, we always ask our guests to share a pivot story with us. And I feel like you've had a number of pivots and you've shared already a couple with us today. Um, But is there anything specifically just where like, you know, people at home might maybe relate to a time when you thought one thing was going to happen and something different happened? or you made a different choice than everybody expected? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's probably so many. And now I'm like <laughs> racking my brain of like, what's what's the best one? Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I've <laughs> had to pivot so many times. I mean, oh, I don't know, being a child actor who was like homeschooled forever and then like had public drama and then like goes to a real school and then like continues acting and like lives her life trying to be a normal person, but also being watched by everybody. And then like the pivot of like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. Like, stop. Like, I don't care if you judge me. I mean, like, I'm going to live my life and just be me. And then like, that was a pivot because for so many years I was like, oh my God, I have to do this. Everyone's watching me. Oh my God, I can't have somebody see this. Oh my God, like I gained weight. I can't go outside the freaking Domino's with my pizza right now. Um, And then it's like the pivot of actually whatever, I don't care. You don't know my situation and I'm living my best life. That was a pivot. Um, But I think what has been a little bit hard is like obviously the pandemic shut a lot of things down. I was very fortunate to work on a couple of things during it, but it definitely shut down a lot of opportunities. Um, And I was like literally just getting off the show. Like it ended like one week prior to the lockdown. Um, So it was like, I was already, I was ready to go. I was like, what's next? What are we doing? Um, And then it kind of all stalled. And I was like, okay. Um, And then now I feel like it's also harder to establish yourself as, an adult when you were a child actor um, on a project for so long that people only saw me as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I was, you know, they're like, oh, that kid from Honor Family, but I'm 25. And I think that's been um, something to, I don't know, to have to figure out what works. Yeah, and such a massively popular and well-known thing. Well, I was going to say, and even, it's so wild, but 
because of streaming, like new people find you as a kid. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Even though modern Absolutely. obviously, or, even though the show you were on for so long, <laughs> trying to follow the rules, guys, I don't know. Um, even though the show you were on for so long is like, you know, it'll never really be like in the past, which is what is kind of amazing too, like in a way, but it's, it is a lot to deal with. I fully get it. People come up to me and ask me like about freaks and geeks. And they're like, so how long ago was that for you? Was that like, like they like in their head, don't think it was almost 25 years ago, (laughs) which is like crazy, but it's like, they just watched it for the first time last week. So they're like, Surely that was like, I don't know, seven years ago, eight years. I'm like, no, it was a child. It's weird. It is definitely weird. It's definitely weird because then everyone's only seeing you, you know, everyone's like, wait, you're not that age anymore. Wait a second. Why do you look so much older? It's like, why do I look so much older? I don't know, because I am so much older. Oh, that's crazy. I can't even imagine. People must say the craziest shit because I get the craziest shit. I think people, I, to be honest, I feel like everyone probably gets the craziest shit except for like Taylor Swift. <laughs> I swear. I don't know. I don't know if there's any crazy shit. Of I'm kind of like, I don't have any, I feel like I'm kind of like in the middle where I'm not like, okay. I don't really listen to pop music very much. So I think okay. that's the the reason. I never really got into that. And I think her music is good. It's just yeah. not my, like, it's not what I listen to when- uh-huh. I listen to music. I listen to like a lot of R&B. So it's kind of definitely very different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's, that's the reason I never really got into her music. So I can't say I'm like a Swifty, but I can't say I'm not a Swifty. I'm just kind of like an in the middle person where I'm like, appreciate you. Yeah. 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 Appreciate you. (laughs) Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks. Appreciate you. You're great. (laughs) I love Our that editor, Josh, is probably going wild right now because I think he was in that camp of not exactly being a Swifty. He has very, like, specific taste in music. And then he saw the movie and he texted me that he had to announce that he had the movie had made him a Swifty. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I don't know. You might, maybe you'll see the movie at some Catch point. Catch me watching the movie. Yeah. I have to see well, it, too, and see if it converts me as well. I don't have to see it because I took my children <laughs> two times uh, yeah. to that show. So I've already lost you lived seven it. Yeah. hours of my life to you great entertainment it. and fucking amazing, amazing. But I just don't think I have another three and a half hours in me right now. You know moment. what's so funny is you guys actually yeah. have a lot in common because I look at Taylor Swift and I'm like, how is she allowed? How is she not allowed? How is she able to make an entire tour of the eras of her life when to me, she's such a young person, but she has also just been doing this forever. That's like so you, true. you both already have eras, even though that is you're, true. you're so young, so young. You've both done so much wild. It is wild. It's and wild. you're entering your new era. That's true. It is. It is a whole new era. Me like moving was a whole new era. It started like a new me again. So it's yeah, like... it's the second quarter of the game for Ariel Winter. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait oh to goodness. see what's next and what skills you bring to the table. Ooh, <laughs> or you learn. Look at us. Look at Have us. you learned to do a cartwheel? Um, No, I'm going to be full honest. I have not. Well, I did take gymnastics for like six months in high school. Um, And to be honest, 
I got to a certain point where they were like, okay, so let's do a back handspring. And I was like, I think I'm not going to do that. And yeah. they were like, okay. And I was like, okay, well, thanks so much. And I kind of just dipped. <laughs> um, but you know, like, we're, we're good. So- we're good. Like <laughs> a- I, that's awesome. A- I wish I could. A- you look great. <laughs> a backhand spring requires a level of faith that some people just don't have. I did gymnastics I for I did gymnastics for years and uh it was never something that I felt good doing. That that particular trick in 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 particular was always frightening to me. So I don't blame you. So scary. Like, damn, I wish, but no. I'm <laughs> yeah, like like my not. skills I learn are literally like cooking. Like I love food. Like I'm out here, people are like, oh, I took up this hobby and it's like a physical exercise hobby. And I'm like, that's so awesome. I wish that was me. Uh, <laughs> no, but, you're you're perfect. How you are. Yeah, oh, yeah. look, I mean, I didn't say I was changing. So no, I'm not, you didn't. I'm just you did saying not. I do wish. You did not. I do, I'm just saying I do wish that like my desires were pushing me a little bit more towards maybe like taking up gymnastics or like, you know, riding a bike outside. But it's just not for me. If it's know? not for her, it's not for her. We can't. It's not you for know her this I mean? time. In not another this 25 way, years, no one's ever going to ask you to do a cartwheel once you... <laughs> Once you hit your forties, okay, no but I, ask you. I know, but I will say there comes a time if you become if you do become a parent, there comes a time when like you do a cartwheel with your kid with your little kids, and it is humiliating. <laughs> Just so you know, I have seven I, nieces, and they've been doing yeah, cartwheels okay. around me a long time, and, and you're they like, asked you me to do one with yet. them, you and I said solidly, "I love you so much, and I would do anything for you, but I'm not doing this cartwheel. <laughs> I um, won't do that." And you know what? They've respected it. And they've yeah. been like, you know what? I get it. And I've been like, okay, I appreciate you. Thank you. I was like, oh I didn't do that. I was like, you are young and you have done gymnastics for a really long time. Like I yeah. didn't. I'm like, so you like, good for you. She's like, it wasn't a really long time. I'm like, it was so long for you. She's like, it was like six months. And I was like, that's so long. That's so um, long. Meanwhile, in the mine of was things. six months. Um, but I was like, you're like eight. Um, they have low no, centers really of funny. gravity. They do they have are, low centers of gravity. Yeah, you can't take that from a kid. I'm like, your trauma levels are most likely lower. Like you're like... <laughs> You didn't fall flat on your back in an audition. No, you're less no. Like, you're, you didn't lose a job because you of didn't it. lose a job. Like you have faith in your back handspring right now. You have faith <laughs> in your cartwheel. Good for you. You know, and the, and the respect has been there. They're like, you know, I respect it. And I'm like, thank you so much. Good That's for amazing. you. They're lucky to have you. <laughs> Ariel, it's been so nice chatting with you. And I I hope everybody sees the movie. It's like a fun time. Yeah, where can everyone see it? Tell everyone where they should go see your new movie. It's on video on demand this Friday. And it's in theaters. Okay, so Tripped Up is streaming, but also it's in theaters this week. That's exciting. So go see it. You all remember how to do that. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a girl's, fun girl's romp. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun. Absolutely. Get your popcorn, get your candy, get up in there and have a, you know, freaking slushy for me. Oh God. I love a movie theater slushy. I love get in there and enjoy. 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 It is fun to go to the movies. Well, Ariel, I hope next time we see each other, we can share new skills that we've acquired through <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna write our some down. original skill of acting. Absolutely. You're right. I'm going to write some down. You know, it's like, I'm going to put dog mom at the bottom of my resume and they're going to be like, not helpful. And I'm going to be like, uh, to you. So to to me, it's a skill (laughs) to me. It's a skill, but fine. Um, so yeah, we'll, (laughs) we'll think of new ones. Thank you so much, Ariel. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Yeah, of course. 
children's vitamins. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, you know, we've talked about this before. You've heard my stories about how uh, when my daughter was a baby, a little kid, a toddler, and was in preschool, and I was like, vitamins are very important because she's getting exposed to so many germs and blah, 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 blah. And then went to the dentist and they were like, she has nine cavities. Oh and it's God. from the gummy vitamins that you're feeding her every day on the way to preschool. And I felt like such an idiot. It was just like a moment, momentary lapse in judgment for a lot of parents. <laughs> and like, that's why Haya was actually created. The pediatrician approved superpower chewable vitamin Haya doesn't have any sugar, zero sugar, zero gummy junk, but it tastes great. Um, it's perfect for picky eaters. And Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins, minerals, including vitamins D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity and energy and brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. Everything good, nothing bad. Everything good, nothing bad. And also the best part, your kids will eat it. You you know what I mean? Like that's the best yeah. part is that it's yeah. not like a struggle. They taste good. Um, honestly, they're for kids of all ages. <laughs> Get in there. Take some Hayas. They're also sent straight to your door. So again, one less thing to worry about. Comes with a little reusable bottle. Your kids, your kids can decorate can them with decorate stickers. It. They know that their little, their, their little bottle where their Hayas live. <laughs> um, guys, give it a try. We worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim the deal, you got to go to HayaHealth.com slash busy. This deal, not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash busy and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I'm excited about Armra. Yes, because we're always on the lookout for ways to strengthen our immunity and me, my gut health. I worry a lot about my gut health. You brought up my gut health today on the pod, and you're right. <laughs> and I'm I'm happy that Armra is in my life now because Armra colostrum really is doing the most. It's like <laughs> a superfood that kind of seems almost too good to be true. It has thousands and thousands of five-star reviews and like life-changing testimonials. Colostrum is the first nutrition we receive in life. It contains all the essential nutrients our bodies need in order to thrive. So Armra colostrum is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 living bioactive nutrients that rebuild the barriers of your body and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed health benefits. It strengthens immunity. It ignites your metabolism. Anti-inflammation fortifies gut health, activates hair growth and skin radiance. Who doesn't want that? Powers fitness performance and recovery and confers powerful anti-aging 
benefits. I don't know about you. All of those things. I want all of those things. I want all those things. Me too. It's sustainably sourced colostrum from grass-fed cows from a co-op of dairy farms right here in the United States. And they strictly source only the surplus supply of colostrum after calves are fully fed. Most colostrums use heat pasteurization that depletes nutrient potency, but Armra leverages their proprietary cold chain biopotent technology, which is an innovative process that purifies and preserves the integrity of hundreds of bioactive nutrients while removing casein and fat to guarantee the highest potency and bioavailability of any colostrum available on the market. Come on. I mean, it's results you can actually see and feel. There's research. Colostrum has been shown to improve fitness endurance by 20%, decrease recovery time by over 50% after intense exercise, improve your stamina, and specifically build lean muscle mass. I'm not an athlete, but I think if that's good for athletes, it's probably good for me too. I think it's definitely good for you. Also, for someone like me that has IBS, uh, Colostrum naturally fortifies your entire gut wall system, replenishes your microbiome, repairs the gut wall architecture, and blocks irritants that can trigger symptoms. We've worked out a very special offer for our audience. Receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash busy or enter busy to get 15% off your first order order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash busy. 15% off your first order. Oh, Ariel Winter. Adorable. So adorable. She's grown up. It's weird to call her adorable, but she's refreshing, which is also She's still going to be adorable to us because we're like a million yeah. years older than me. <laughs> so, she's you know I mean? literally the she same can, age as my child. Yeah, she can be she can be grown up and also adorable. Adorable. <laughs> yeah. I've never been described as adorable, I don't think. Um I I beg to differ. I feel like people I don't think that you're adorable sometimes. Mm-hmm. But also, do you think you're adorable? I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Um, well, case isn't it wild? I can feel the antibiotics working, like as you can just like little yeah. workmen in your throat. Yeah, I can. It's like already starting to feel less swollen, like less bad. You know, I'm so happy. You're too young to remember this, but I think there was like a Crest commercial when I was a little kid, and the, it sort of. It was animated and it sort of insinuated that like using Crest was sending a bunch of like workmen into I your totally mouth. I totally remember to, like, this. I totally remember this. <laughs> to I repair totally remember the it. damage. Yeah. And that's what I always think of with various medicines and uh, fluorides, I guess. That is just a bunch of little workmen working in there. They're just Work- in there. They're just working their little hearts out. Workmen and women putting shit yeah. back together, trying to fix you. Yeah, strep throat is no joke. So I appreciate that you are even sitting upright. And I I am mad at whoever gave you strep throat. I know it's not rational. I know 
the but person like, probably didn't do it intentionally. But I don't even understand. I've not been with anyone who's who has where the f- did I lick a light pole? Like I don't fucking know. Actually, as I say this, you I did not lick. I did not <laughs> lick a light pole, but it's possible that I just picked it up from a surface somewhere in the world. Yeah, I mean, I guess it I is. guess I that's what know. it is. Like I yeah. do bite my cuticles because I don't have my nails done now. You know, because right. I'm not working, so I don't have the fake nails. And guys, here's the thing about me. If I don't have long fake nails, I pick my cuticles. When I have long fake nails, I don't pick my cuticles. I don't know why. It just is what it is. But so I do have my like sometimes have my fingers in my mouth, which is disgusting. And maybe this is a good lesson for me to learn. And maybe heading into this winter season that's upon us, um, I should really consider that I don't need to be uh, biting my cuticles because I'm probably touching a lot of surfaces and maybe those surfaces have strep throat on them. I will say that like, I think you should let yourself off the hook for it a little bit because I do believe that biting your nails is like an impulse that's beyond your control. I might Mm. even further believe and doctors tell me if I'm right or wrong. I might even further believe that it even has to do with like the makeup of your gut bacteria, like the impulse to bite your nails or not. Well, I want, you know what I want to do? What? I want to, to get my gut, whatever it needs so that I stop doing that. That's what I'd like. You know how they have like cones for animals so they don't chew their stitches? We need to make you those for your fingers. Oh, you know what? One (laughs) Halloween costume that I saw that popped up on a timeline. Not famous. Not famous people. I'm still mad about all those. Um, (laughs) Also, I looked at Jenna Dewan's post and like she very, they very clearly like they're like makeup artists that are referenced, which is fine. I mean, it is kind of special makeup. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. I just really like, I thought, it, I thought it was really cute. It was a cute Anyway, um, I saw a girl who used like two dog cones yeah. to turn herself into like a martini glass. Oh, that's a good costume. And it was really cute. Like really cute. That so she was wearing it. Cute. It was weird. It was actually like sort of like at her almost like at her waist it was like for it was like giant cones like an upside giant down dog skirt cones yeah exactly like and she had three different versions of it one was like an espresso martini one was like shrimp cocktail my fave that was really cute and then one was just a classic martini like olives but it was just like i thought it was very creative that's very so cute. next year guys i don't know maybe that's an idea for you i don't know um <laughs> <laughs> did you go to any Halloween parties? I didn't. I mm. all I did was, and I'm I'm don't often doubt myself. Like I just don't waste a lot of time doubting my decisions. But I did put on the next door app, I did put us on the candy map for the neighborhood. Yeah. So that like 
kids know where to mm-hmm. trick or treat. Like they, uh, this is an area where I feel like technology is, you know, next door. I think a lot of bad shit happens on next door. I think people are racist to their neighbors. They make mm-hmm. like weird spurious complaints about people that are just living their lives and minding their own mm-hmm. business. But one thing that's useful about next door is like sometimes you can get a phone number for like a hairdresser or something if you're new to the neighborhood. They also have this feature where you can put yourself on the candy map so that kids, you know, aren't bothering going down a cul-de-sac where no one has candy, you know, because that's like a waste of your precious trick-or-treating hours and also like maybe dangerous in these times. Who knows? But so anyway, I put us on the candy map because I was like, we got two bags of candy and we have like 200 pieces of candy. But then I saw it also tells you how many people looked at it. And it was like 700 people looked at it. So I'm like, oh, shit, this might have been a mistake to advertise us as a candy house. I mean, we already have the 12 foot skeleton. So I feel like we're already putting ourselves out there as festive people. Well, do you have a backup? We might need more candy. I do have, I have some like cute hair clips that I bought in bulk one time just because I wanted one and I got like 200 because that's the only way they came. Um, so I have those as well, which I might give out. And, but then I need to get like something a little more neutral than hair clips, like maybe pencils or something. I don't know. Something. Do kids get mad when you give them pencils for trick or treat? I feel like I would be like, this pencil's bullshit. All you have is pencils. Unsharpened. I'd give them unsharpened. I don't think any kid wants a fucking pencil, Casey. Yeah. It's, I mean, what's the weirdest thing you ever got trick-or-treating when you were a kid? We talked about UNICEF last week with Aparna and Cherla and how, but what's the weirdest, this is post-Halloween, so it's beside the point, but like, what's the weirdest thing you ever got trick-or-treating? I don't think I ever got anything weird. You never got anything weird? No, I think it was just all like very run-of-the-mill. I mean, Mm. I do like those things I've seen online where like somebody puts a potato and and kids keep picking the potato, which is like so fucking funny to me. (laughs) Um, That the crab rangoon meme is also really funny. Oh my God. But yeah, no, you know, my mom was so extra that she would get Tootsie Roll Pops. Okay. Cover them with a Kleenex, tie a bow around them, and put a ghost face on it. Yes. Like, girl, it's too much work. Yes. 250 of those, it's enough. We were like in a, I was like working my little paws off. (laughs) Oh, you tried my help. sister and I. Oh, yeah, we had to help. Um, we, I feel like we made those a couple years, not to necessarily give out, but maybe for like Halloween parties in school. And also, I used to do like a reindeer candy cane every year, which was harder than even the ghost pops, which is like you make little pipe cleaner antlers on a. Oh, candy yeah, my mom, cane. my mom also, and googly eyes, googly and eyes, googly and eyes. And I got it. I'm, I'm in. Nose. I'm in. I'm gonna dress up tomorrow. I can already tell I'm feeling better immediately. What are you gonna dress so, as? Well, you know, I bought that Pan Am. Oh, right, right. You said flight attendant outfit, and Birdie's being a regular Barbie, so maybe I'll be the Pan Am Barbie from the '60s. Oh, cute! So it just requires a red bob wig with bangs, which I have. Easy. You can just go to Ricky's if you. 
I just bought one. I just bought one. Okay. Wait, White does gloves. Manhattan still have Ricky's? I don't know. I don't know what Ricky's, Ricky's Pharmacy? Oh, okay. I don't That's know, actually. How long... Ricky's was the best. It was like a pharmacy slash Spirit Halloween store. <laughs> Probably not because Spirit Halloween really just takes over that shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and little white gloves, which I just purchased. Um, okay. And she, Barbie has a little pillbox hat, which my Pan Am costume didn't come with. So I just purchased one that's the wrong color. It's tan. Okay. So I'll just look up online tonight if I can paint it, if you can paint felt, or if I just take the right color felt and kind of wrap it around the hat. What you know color what do you have to, what does it have to be? What color? Like bluish. It's like okay. a Pan Am blue. I'm going to vote for painting. I'm going to say, I think you could probably spray paint it very lightly. I think you probably could too. Although felt is really, felt really like absorbs. Felt is tricky, but I feel like if you don't like get it sopping wet, you can probably just get a little coat of blue paint on it. That's my two cents. But, you know, you're voiding your warranty on the hat if you spray paint it and it doesn't come out good. But I feel like trying to glue felt on it is going to be, it's going to be a real... Reindeer candy cane situation. Sticky. Could go wrong. Could go wrong. I could also just see if I could... I could just use... I could just use other felt and wrap it around and glue glue it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, to me, I say paint. Paint over glue. But that's just me. You have to do what you feel is right <laughs> in your heart of hearts. Maybe you could test a small area since you're going to cover it anyway. a great idea. <laughs> I was also going to suggest blue hairspray, but because it's felt huh. and it's kind of like hair in a way. It's the hair of something. The hair of a sheep. Into the wool. <laughs> yes. The hair of a sheep made into a, a fabric. But it is hair. It started as hair. Um, what are you doing your best at this week, Case? I am doing my best at. That's a good question. You know what? I I think Matt and I did our best to really. We just enjoyed ourselves this weekend, and like, we didn't even really do anything. But we just. It's cold in the morning here and we got up on Saturday morning and we didn't have any plans and we didn't make any plans because he Mm. has a hard job and I just wanted him to relax and we just were like let's just have coffee and put on the fireplace and just like be warm by the fire and that is normally the kind of thing Uh, yeah, it's like it was like sixty-two degrees in our house this morning. Oh my god! Because um, in Los Angeles, there the houses aren't insulated for the most part, no. so they get very, very cold at night. But the thing is, like that's the kind of thing where I was like, it's very cold. Do you want to put on the fireplace? And bless Matt, 
because this is just how he communicates, but it's also a way that presses my buttons. Mm-hmm. That's normally the kind of thing where he'd be like, the fireplace? Why would we put on the fireplace? You know what I mean? And I'd just be like, "That's it wasn't a stupid suggestion to put on the fireplace when it's cold. But to his credit, he was just like, oh my God, that would be so nice. And we literally just sat by the fire and watched things on TV that we wanted to watch. And it was just nice. And it didn't have to be a holiday. And we didn't have a thousand errands. And I wasn't thinking of a million projects to do around the house, even though there are a million projects that need to be done. We just needed that time to like sort of physically and mentally like recuperate and spend time with each other. And I was just proud of myself because I'm not usually able to, I'm not usually able to think like that. Like I'm like, we shouldn't be just sitting here, you know, we should be doing something. And then yesterday, same thing. He had two days off in a row and yesterday we didn't really have a plan. And he I was just like, we kind of sat around yesterday. I'd like to like walk around somewhere. And we just went to a mall, which we never do. But there's, we went to the Century City Mall, uh, which is like part outdoors, but part indoors. And, you know, just, and we just walked around that mall for many, many hours. We looked in the window of every store. We didn't really buy anything. I think he got one pair of pants for work and uh, and that was it. But we had like walked our 10,000 steps at the end of the day. And I just really felt like that was a weekend well spent and out of character for me. But I also think something that I should try to do more often, just like let myself rest and not have an agenda that where I'm just trying to keep up or make up for whatever lost time and do a bunch of shit that it doesn't even really matter. It doesn't matter. Like the dishes will get done, you know? Yeah. I feel like I need to do a lot of things. (laughs) I know you do. But also like there are a lot of things that need to be done. It's true. It's true, but by the same token, you do that thing and then something else needs to be done. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, it's never ending. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. maybe if I was Martha Stewart, I would have a team of people helping me with all of these things that need to get done, but it's just us. It's just us. And it's just like, I do the dishes every fucking day and they come back every fucking day. You know oh, what I mean? Jesus. Yes, I do. And so I'm just like, and by the way, everybody in my house does the dishes. We use a lot of dishes. We don't eat out very much. And even when we get takeout, we use dishes. So, you know, it's just four people using dishes. It's a lot of dishes. I do the laundry all the time. I put in a load of laundry every day and somehow there's still more laundry to do. And I'm just like, it, you can take one day to watch like a movie marathon, you know, you can, I mean, I can, I have that luxury. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I did it. Usually I don't allow myself that. And I just felt a lot better for it. And so, but I know I also don't have as much of a hard time sitting still as some people I know. Matt has a super hard time sitting still. 
Um, I think that you have a hard time sitting still. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Birdie, we got really into it. Um, did you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About? Well, part of it is that, that she feels, and by the way, rightfully so, she feels that I am, like, always doing something else while also with her. Mm-hmm. And she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Right. I am, like, very much a person where, like, just watching a show is hard for me. Like, I'm like, oh, I should be making more of the menorahs that, like, my friends want. Right. I should. I can do that. Like, I like doing something with my hands while I'm watching TV. But she's, like, made it. It's it's interesting because she's really, like, drawn a line now, you know? Right. And part of what I think she specifically is asking of me is, like, show me you love me by not doing anything else except for what I am asking you to do. And if that had a time limit... Right. I could do it. Right. But it is so fucking hard for me because it's, because also, I'm just going to be totally honest here, guys. It's never enough. Like, it's just never enough. 100%. And Birdie's been like that since day one. Yeah. You know? Well, a lot of kids are like that where, they, you know, Cricket's not like that, but yes. A lot of kids are, though, and especially teenage kids where they're just like, A, it feels like they're waiting for you to fuck up or transgress in some way that they can call you out on. Feels like they're just waiting for it. And also, like, you don't get credit for the 99 amazing things you do as a parent. You only get dinged for the one thing that, is, you know, and I'm not no, saying I like know. when you're a kid, you might take it very personally. Cause here's the other thing like, sometimes things kids want you to become fully invested in and are boring to you or like ridiculous or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know, and we've talked a lot about this. Like, I've, I made, I've made such an effort in the last several years to, get interested in the things that my kids are interested in. And I've fucking done it. Yeah. And at the, to, to the detriment of my own consumption of like adult media and interesting things that could inspire me. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, right. your music is now my fucking favorite music. Your TV shows are my favorite TV shows. I'll 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 sit here and watch two hours of fucking YouTubers with you guys instead of any number of other things that I want to be doing, could be doing, whatever, you know? And yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely not getting credit for that. For sure not. Like they don't, they just, it's not. But the truth is... Which, by the way, can I just say, is this weird to point out? As you're saying it, it's sounding so much to me like... It's sounding so much to me like when you're a teenager and you date a boy who has taste and you subjugate all your enjoyment of everything to, like, listen to Metallica because he really likes it. 
my god! And like that's the only way you're gonna yes yes relate. Yes, (laughs) because but that's also like that's teenage relational right behavior. Right. And we also are super fucking close, more so than a lot of teenagers and their mothers. Right. Um, and sometimes Birdie says to me, Well, that's because you think you're a teenager and you act like one and da 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 like all this stuff that then is like then is not great for her, like in right. her mind, in her estimation. But the truth is, I don't think I'm a teenager. I don't even think I'm in my late 20s. Like, I don't think, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't necessarily, I, I have to be honest, like, I don't feel 44, but I feel like I'm hovering around 40. Like, I feel like in my in my heart, my soul, I'm like 38 to 42. Listen, you're <laughs> paying all the right bills. Now. That right there will make you sure that you're an adult, you know? I do. And I have a lot of fucking responsibility. And like, as a parent, my God, I'm sure you guys fucking feel this. So hard not to have your feelings hurt all the time by your kids. And you have to remember like all the things, you know, and it's okay. And I know we've talked about it on here. It's okay to let them know when your feelings are hurt. But it's like, Bertie's so mean about me doing ceramics. They're so stupid to her and she hates it. She doesn't want me to like paint or do any watercolors or anything. And it's so hard because she talks with such sadness about when she was a little kid and that I was always working, always on my TV show set, whatever, which is also just not true. I mean, it just isn't. Right. But that's where she's at in this point in development of her life and so okay and so for me to try to remember that piece of it and keep it in perspective this is what I'm saying right and not be like sort of like mortally wounded by it or fall into any kind of like familial patterning of my own right it's fucking hard it's just fucking hard and on top of it like her dad and I aren't really together anymore. And I mean, I, and I'm saying that guys, just because it's like, I would say we're way more together than most divorced couples. Yeah. You share space. Like it's, you <laughs> we know. share space. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we've always had a real disconnect in terms of some parts of parenting. And and it's always been a bummer to me or it's just always been hard for me in that, like, the weight of the, like, emotional pressure on me as the mom is just, it, it has never been, and I don't think will ever be a thing that Mark fully understands or could understand. Right, right. You know? Yeah. That's hard. It's hard. It's been a lot. It's like been a lot. It's hard because I know you know like rationally what's going on and like, you know, Birdie is exceptional in so many ways. I know, but also Birdie's a typical teenager in so many ways. And 
They, yes, and they teenagers just, are super self-absorbed. They and really, like, and they go after you. You know what I mean? It's clear oh, to me that yes. she's going after things that she knows will hurt your feelings. And yes, of course. mission accomplished. It's hurting your feelings. Yeah, obviously, it has like been, has been. Yeah, pottery means a lot to you. And you're just putting yourself out there with respect to pottery. Like, this is fun for me. It's beautiful. I'm enjoying the beauty of it. I don't care what anyone else says or thinks about it. But when it's your kid, it's hard not to get your feelings hurt because, like, she's not she's not evaluating the value of it to you as a fellow human being. She's just coming at right. it from her teen way of, like, my mom loves this thing. I'm going to shit on it and make her feel bad and embarrassed. And it's because I want to get this reaction where she feels bad there will come a time, I hope, when Bertie grows up and they're like, I'm so glad that my mom does this stuff that she loves. Like that alone makes it worth more than anything in the world. And I'm so proud of her. And, you know, but it's, I can't say it'll be any anytime soon. I hate to no, say. I and know. I'm, I'm sorry. And that I, you know, I like... It's just, it's it's hard. It's just fucking hard for me. And um, and I want to. Uh, can I say something else about the acting too? About like you being at a lot of parents spend a lot of time I know. away from no, their kids. I know. I know. No. And I we, think it's easy. Not easy. I don't want to say that because you're the only mom Birdie has ever had. You know. Um. So it doesn't matter how it compares to like what other people do. But I think a lot of moms feel guilty for working away from their family in ways that dads are never expected to feel guilty. But I think also there's like this layer of something maybe that like the guilt that you feel might be like, it might be a little unique compared to other jobs because like a lot of other moms can be like, well, you know, I do feel guilty that I'm away from my kid and they're making me feel guilty about that. And society is making me feel guilty about that. But like at the end of the day, I really also hate my job and wish I didn't have to be there. I think there's something about loving your job and doing something creative and, well, you 100%. Know. No, but also, Casey, it's like, it's all tied in, right? Right. Like, culturally, even, like, what we think of celebrities as being. Right. Like, that impacts the kids of celebrities. Right. You're self-centered. You only want to do this because you like attention. I'm not saying Birdie has said these things to me, but I'm saying that messaging is like prevalent in terms right. of why someone would do this, why you get into it, and and events that I would go to, um, premieres or things where I, you know, was like, this is a work situation for me. I am going right. to a thing that is important for me to go to for work. That also happens to be like a fucking fancy party right. with a lot of, you know, good crudite and like, <laughs> <laughs> and there's, and there's like hair and makeup and wardrobe that goes into it. Go doing fashion shows or going to fashion shows. Fashion week even at this point has become like an extension of this piece of what I do because also like brands are so important for 
all of us, for you too, for us to partner with. And as right. like the fucking forward facing bitch, like I have to like hustle, you know, but for a kid to look at that and I, I get it. It's different than your parent having to go to the lawyer conference on, you know, you know what I right, mean? Like right. yeah. on the weekend, like it's a different conceptually because of like cult, the culture. It's just different for a kid to be like, yeah, my mom's a lawyer. She is generally gone, you know, before, or like before I go to school in the morning and then she's probably home like right before bed. Right. But for Birdie, that piece is like, it doesn't matter because what I do is like my choice because right. I am driven by a different kind of thing. And like, that's the piece where she's like, I don't compete with that drive that you have. Right. And by the way, she doesn't at all because they are so fucking separate. And I love my kids more than anything in the world and also I am like definitely a cog in the late capitalist failure of our <laughs> world and have to pay a ton of fucking bills all the time and like the piece of me that's like driven to continue to make things and do things and like put shit in the world is just wholly separate than my drive to like be a good mom and show up for my kids and allow them their autonomy and like to help them figure out what the fuck they want to be someday. It's just, she's, when we talk about like, can we hold all things? Yeah. One thing that kids really can't fucking do most of the time is hold more than one thing. Right. Right. That's my rant. That's a good rant. That's a good, I, I bet there are so many parents, especially of teenagers out there. And like, not every teenager is the same. Like, I know that, obviously. Uh, but like, teenagers, for the most part, like, there's a reason that parents are terrified of them. Yeah. And like, I have friends that are like, oh, my God, like, you should be so thankful that she wants to stay with you for hours and hours and just like watch Norwegian teen dramas. And I'm like, I love that. But right. I also, there are four. You don't want to be told you're doing it wrong. Well, by the way, that's, <laughs> yes. You're, you're, you're enjoying time with me wrong. You know, like that's, that critique is a hard one, you know? Yeah. And by the way, some of her, some of the things she was saying, like, I get it. Like, to be honest with you, I wasn't because I think also because of the events of the weekend and what's happening in the world. I think I've, I have been like a little bit too engaged with my phone. I'm going to just say it. Like I take responsibility for that. And I yeah. brought a charger down. Like there's a, you know, the kitchen has the TV room sort of attached at the, at the house. And I brought a charger down and I put it in the kitchen, like far away from where we sit to watch TV. And I'm like, I'm just going to, from now on, if she wants to like, watch TV with me or hang out in that way, like in that room, whatever, I'll plug my phone in, in the kitchen. But she was right. I mean, she's right about that. But like, and, and I don't know. I wish I wasn't, I wish I wasn't so 
attached to my phone, but that is also a, a very clear extension of my ADD and my like not being able to like focus on too many things at, or yeah. one thing for too long without needing like an emotional break. Yeah. Um, but she's right. Like that she deserves, she deserves me to like, she deserves to have me not checking my phone every yeah. 10 seconds. I mean, to be and fair. And I will, I will say it, like, we all know that feeling when you try to like play a song for someone or show them a movie that you love and they clearly do not give a shit about the thing there, and they're like, oh, cool. And then they just like trail off or whatever. We all know that feeling, but it's also like, when someone in your life just wants to show you things all the time and they're not necessarily your interest, it's a hard line you're walking busy. It's well, a- and and they're not interested in anything that you want to show them at all. Right, right. Period. Like right. even she made me watch this fucking uh, like Fleetwood Mac thing the other day. And I was like, oh my God, have you seen the video of Stevie backstage getting ready with her makeup and singing like, acapella and Bernie's like no I've never seen it and I was like ooh ooh here pull it up you just have to go and she was like no I'm a, I don't want to watch that I don't want to see that no no I'm not interested I don't want to see it and I'm like okay I'm trying to relate to you <laughs> I okay. am trying to relate to you okay I was just thought we were sharing but we're not sharing this is a one-way fucking share and that's all she cares about that's all she wants right now and maybe like her whole life. I don't fucking know. Maybe that's just the, I mean, she's not that way with her friends. She's not that way with other people. That's another thing that's like. It's just me. This is something that I have, because there have been times in my family where someone is treating me in such a way where I'm like, maybe they can't maybe there's something inherently about how they are where they either a don't know that this is hurtful to me or b they literally can't help it but then i've observed how they treat other people and it's very different and i'm like oh no you have 100% control of it when you're like at a restaurant with other people who aren't me and so then, but that then that's when you ungaslight yourself about it. But we're talking about a teenager, so but a kid, you know. yeah. But I was going to say, but a kid and their mom is just a different thing, and yeah. like, and those safe, you're the safe space for them to be whatever they want to be, like uh, the, the the most selfish, the most uninterested in anyone else's experience, like whatever it is, like. And it's mostly moms that get it. Although sometimes yeah. dads, I mean, poor Merck, honestly, the only thing that's, I mean, that's also been stressful too, is that Bertie's just like so disinterested in him <laughs> that right now, like at this right. phase, which is, that's not always been the way that it's, it's been, you yeah. know, but I feel bad. I feel bad for him as well because it's right. like, he misses how her. do you, yes, he misses her so much and he wants to like hang out and talk to her but she gets like fixated on this idea of like that it can only be me. And I don't know. It's just been a lot. And it's complicated too. I mean, it's further complicated by the fact that you have limited time together right now. Yeah. And and I cannot tell you 
how many times in my life I've had limited time with a person and that just magnifies times 10, like every frustration that you have because you feel like this has to be a good time. This has to be like a perfect, idyllic, lovely, loving, memorable time. We're fucking it up. We're fucking it up. We're fucking it up. And then, you know, it just makes everything more and more difficult. So, Well, that's what I think the pressure has felt. It was like, right. And and also, then also let's consider this child has jet lag. Right. Right. Like, are you kidding me? What the fuck? I mean, this is like, it's it's a perfect storm of like a lot of I'm emotions. La- I, I'm laughing on camera, not to interrupt you. Busy's telling a very serious story and like sharing about like real shit. And meanwhile, like because I'm out in the kitchen, Lincoln was just tiptoeing to the shower, <laughs> but like a fucking cartoon character. So he wouldn't make oh my God. a noise. And oh it was goodness. so funny. And I'm like trying not to crack up because he doesn't has no idea what we're talking about. I'm sorry to be like making a smiley face while you're saying real shit. I mean, please. I, it's, it's Lincoln's like, fault. <laughs> I believe it. But also, like, everything is, like, sort of tragic comedy, you know? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. I, I feel you. I have been there. I'm here to tell every parent that's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because everything you're saying is so familiar, is so familiar. And... I am just, he just texted me, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Um, I'm here to tell you that there is hope. Like, I really do think that there will come a time when she will see you as a whole person. I really think that. Or will she'll come to respect what you do and realize that every time she was missing you, you were also missing her. I really have hope that that will be true and it will probably be just in time for Cricket to start beating up on you because she is a teenager. (laughs) Casey, I can't. I literally cannot. I can't. Can't. But it's really hard. But they'll be different too. Like the things that Cricket will call you on will be totally different than... Can't wait. Can't wait to find out. Just can't wait. It's really really a mystery. What are you doing your best at? I think I'm just trying to like... Do my best at I don't I don't going get I, getting enough sleep. I don't fucking I literally don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean that's a it's a first for the podcast. Maybe it's unanswerable this time, but maybe it's just because like all things considered, like you're not feeling like you're nailing it this. Week. I'm really not. I really don't feel like I'm nailing it. <laughs> I'm really not nailing it. And also. You know, what's that thing? I hate, here's what I hate about like bumper stickers and, and inspirational whatever is that like sometimes they, they really nail it. And you don't want to be like, I saw something on a t-shirt that was so meaningful to me, but like, it's, you know, what do they say about that? Like it's, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's because it's not the end. And like you you still have like all the rest of today to nail it and you have all the rest of this week to nail it. And it's okay if you miss 99 opportunities to nail it and you do great one time. It's okay. It's okay. Cause I know that you're trying. Um, 
<laughs> Mark last night was like, I know you're doing your best. I really know you're doing your best. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really not, Mark. I'm really not. I'm really just falling back on the easiest ways to lash out or try to feel better in a I don't fucking know what I I don't know. I'm like you know. I love this podcast and I love the title of this podcast. But it is like a loaded word because it suggests that you're succeeding at something. But also, I think when we say we're doing our best, we're saying like I'm doing what I can do right now. I'm doing what I what I'm able to do. And sometimes like what you're able to do is neutral or even like bad, even like toxic. You know? <laughs> like Everyone gets a little toxic sometimes. How many times have you fucking done something in your living room where you have thought, if anyone I knew saw me behaving this way, I would be so embarrassed. I would never do this in front of anyone. I would never talk this way in front of anyone. I would never do this thing that I'm doing in front of anyone. And people are even like a little proud of it and like have a sense of humor about it now. Like people are always like, my toxic trait is this. And then they say whatever it is. And it really is like, like what, I don't know whether it's like eating out of a box or being like a little sharp with someone when you could have been a little kinder if you took a breath. But like the reality is like we're all kind of fucking unhinged right now. You know, it's like I really had a week where I felt like I was like people feel like they can talk to me just any which way. Like, people that don't even know me are talking to me in a way, like, not only, like, they A, know me, but B, like, I'm a villain who's done something to them, and they don't even know me. And it's just, is like, in that eclipse air, I don't know what yeah. it was. the eclipse thing was wild. But I'm like, maybe the best I can do right then is to, like, be like, hey, go fuck yourself to someone, or... To not say anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you are doing, I know you don't feel like you're doing your best, but you're doing what you can do right now. I guess that's the truth. I'm doing what, whatever the fuck I can do right now. And I can tell you right now, it's not going to be good enough for everyone. It might not be good enough for one of your kids or someone in your family. It might not be good enough for someone listening to this podcast. It might not be good enough for someone who says they're your friend and maybe they're not as good a friend to you as you believe or they believe. I don't fucking know. I, I but either. I can just tell you right now, like it's nothing is ever going to be all things to all people. You know I what know I mean? That. Yeah, just, I know that. And... You have a lot of people that you answer to. You know what I mean? And yeah. and for someone that is like an actor and doesn't work in a traditional position, you have a lot of bosses in your life, a lot of people who you're putting stuff out there and just hoping that they like it, you know, whether it's professionally or personally. And it stings a little bit when you hear 
the critiques, you know, that it it wasn't doing it for someone. And it's just like, I don't know, man, you have done a lot of good and you continue to do a lot of good. You keep going when you have strep throat. You keep momming. You keep doing all your many jobs. And, you know, you didn't ask for a pep talk from me, but... I'm happy to have it. I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, what the, what the fuck, you know? Like, you're a person. You're a person and you're doing what you can. And I'm glad that Mark saw and said that you're doing your best. He is too, you know? Yeah. In a really fucking wild situation. In a really wild situation in a an unprecedented time where yes. just everything we thought we knew isn't what we thought we knew. You know? Just in terms of like family, life, career, the world, everything, everything. Fucking everything. And you have talked a lot about holding both things. We're not just holding two things. We're holding multiple things. We're all just holding so much. It's very true. That's so fucking true. And like mostly what we can do is hold each other. And like I just think, and it's so funny because I'm now envisioning like... (laughs) You know, literally trying to hold someone in your family or whatever, and they don't always want that either. Like, you're trying to hug someone and hold someone that doesn't want to be hugged or held, and you have to allow that. But, you know, nobody, nobody has people's back the way that you have people's back. And, you know... You can't make everyone see that. You can't, you just can't. Like, because if someone doesn't want to see it, they're not going to see it. But it's always my hope and I have faith that one day people will be like, that bitch really had my back. <laughs> she really did. I love you, Casey. Thank you for that. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> and I'm sorry that it wasn't the best weekend and that 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 like a little bit of a shit Sunday was topped off with strep throat. Can you imagine? I mean, I can. That's that's when it happens, you know? That's when it always happens. Um, but I hope that you have a fun Halloween. Is are, is Cricket doing anything? What are you doing? Are you Well, yeah, there's like trick-or-treating is like all the rage. How... Has trick-or-treating been? Yeah, how? Because I always found it to be like kind of, we always did trick-or-treating, like we went to businesses, but in Brooklyn at the time, it was all just a lot of hard No, 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 like West West Village is like insane. The West Village is like so incredible. And like all the houses and the streets are basically like shut down. It's like just, and there's thousands and thousands of kids. It's crazy. I love that. It'll be fun. We never got to really experience good trick-or-treating, but, well, that's not true. Okay, a lot of hard candy was passed out in Brooklyn, which automatically, like, no kid wants that. Stop giving out hard candy, by the way. Nobody wants it. If you're you're giving out, like, Brock's mix or whatever, 
Nobody wants starlight mints or butterscotches. Um, But the one thing excellent about trick-or-treating in Park Slope was that we would see Steve Buscemi every year out on the streets in a costume. We love him. And one time Eli was dressed as the devil and he yelled El Diablo (laughs) at Eli. That's really funny. (laughs) And Eli was like, I thought it was going to scare him, but he was like, I like that man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, bless. I wish I would. Maybe I'll see Steve Buscemi this year. I hope you do. He apparently loves Halloween. I hope I do. I hope I do. I hope you do too. Well, you guys, I hope you had a wonderful and safe Halloween. You hope do not eclipse. do the thing where you don't do the thing where you hi, take tell your kids you ate all the candy and film them. No, it's so mean, so mean. That's mean. Just don't it, do not it. Not even to get it. on. No one. A, it's a just late night talk stupid. show. Stupid. It's just dumb. It's bad. <laughs> um, but we love you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, no.